Yeah, welcome back to the show. Today we've got a super special guest, Mikel, aka Bloody Simone. Thank you for having me. So as a gamer, my game of choice is Tekken. Dreamhack's coming up. Are you going to go play? I'm going to be entering the Tekken tournament. When people have to take a chance, have to take a risk, they ask themselves, what's the worst that could happen? My mindset was, what's the best that could happen? And the cool thing is, as a trained professional wrestler, if I lose, I can powerbomb someone through the table. <laughs> this is why you play King. There is a viral video on YouTube of me doing King's moves in real life. Everything I doing that is safe i am a trained professional yeah don't try this yeah. at home i'm very much fueled by passion i want to show that the impossible dream is possible people like asam on comic book artist professional wrestler gamer animation story artist like how do you do it i was like i love this shit. i might as well give it a go do you have a favorite place in america that you've been seattle yeah is one of the places that i really enjoy just because it felt familiar there's a burger joint called dicks that's really good too so like whenever i go to seattle i really enjoy eating a bag of dicks <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to the show. Um, today we've got a super special guest, Mikel, aka Bloody Simone. And I'll let him do his own introduction because that's how we roll here. Sweet. Uh, thank you for having me. I appreciate uh, being on the show. My name is Mikel Monipola, aka the Bloody Simone. I'm a comic book artist, uh, professional wrestler, professional gamer. Uh, back home in uh, Aotearoa, New Zealand, I'm a Duffy Books and Homes role model, so I do a lot of school visits around the country. And I uh, just wrapped up as a story artist for Disney Animation Studios. But my current job for Disney is as a cultural consultant. That's awesome. That's awesome. Now, speaking of, I wanted to, like, when I was reading up on you and all that sort of stuff, cultural consultant. Let's start off with that. What is that? So, you know, uh, when you have stuff like Moana, and obviously there's the Moana live action series, yep. and then there's merchandising that comes along with that. Uh, my job as a cultural consultant would be to kind of just double check and make sure things are culturally appropriate yeah. uh, and right and also kind of flag things that aren't quite um, hitting the mark culturally. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of uh, my position as well as overlooking projects, I guess, if they do anything. Again, usually based around Moana being Samoan, um, you know, I can kind of oversee that and go, hey, you know, this is good, this isn't, and this is how you can change it or or whatnot it seems like an awesome job it would be fulfilling right yeah especially you know um i'm not like an expert well you know like a, a full-on expert i'm not the one and only voice yeah that yeah. kind of thing but i am a voice that at least is in there mm. and can check disney you know on on some of the stuff they're representing our people with yeah i saw a couple of things online that some people are not happy with but it's like you're not there now so it's not you yeah yeah, <laughs> so like, um, yeah like the live action thing like funny yeah. enough disney studios and disney animation studios are yeah. like in two entirely different beasts yeah. like they operate uh, no, uh, individually uh, yeah. from each other so i think that's a lot of companies like yeah. I, I noticed that warner brothers and warner brothers animation and sony and sony animation yeah. completely different fields like different people yeah. different way they work it's actually quite yeah. like it's rare to see that because i used to work with little companies where yeah. everyone's the same thing but when you go to the big companies it's like two different worlds and you yeah you definitely have a lot of experience in, in dealing with those kind of conglomerates and disney studios when i was there in burbank working at the studios um disney studios felt very corporate yeah disney animation studios was very creative mm. like there's this creative aura of energy within the building because i i realized that's where people make stuff. Yeah. That's where people tell stories. 
and so that's where creativity like blossoms yeah in the environment and so i really enjoyed my time working at the studios because i was like yeah this is my jam like this is the yeah. vibe i love and and i felt free to create stuff in the environment so i'm not too sure what disney studios is like but from what i gathered through my tours like yeah, it feels very corporate i went to disney studios but not to the like i i did see the movie side of things but i, I was mainly in the marketing yeah. side of things and that place is like where it's that's where it's really professional yeah. it's like i don't think there's any room to play around there it's like yeah. everyone's corporate and it's kind of like even though i love being there as a as a person that's working in the industry because you know that's like they're the rooms you want to be in but as you said like the animation studios where they're being creative and stuff that's as artists that's where we like yeah. that's where we thrive that's where we can talk that's where we can actually implement our skills because when we're with marketing we're just saying yes yeah. okay what do you need what's yeah. the brief you know, like what's what do you, what do you want us to what's, have what's the deadline what yeah. can i do what can i add what yeah. can i not add yeah and then that's basically it is it one um, of those places that the energy just feels different as soon as you enter it, it, like everyone's so it depends who you're it. with yeah. like i was like when i went there last time i had um there was a girl named erica that used to work there yeah. when like when she has she has energy like when someone has energy it's like it'll always liven up the place but when there's people it's like they've been overworked or anything yeah. the energy's low and you're just like you, you feel like baggage when you're there. Yeah. You just don't want to talk. It's yeah. like, yeah, yeah, cool, cool, cool. Look at this guy smiling. Yeah. It's like, oh, it must be nice to <laughs> smile. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, yeah, the animation studio is like, I was surprised by the environment when I stepped in. I was like, okay, this is this feels familiar. Yeah. You know, the creative aura, right? And like, I got to do some life drawing while I was there too. Like, that was cool. Like, yeah. I'm doing some life drawing at Disney Animation Studios. And full testament to the team and the people there in that building like even the security was awesome yeah like i had to go in and get my like a uh, temporary daily badge and like after the second day they're like oh bro you're here again like no no uh no full badge yet yeah. no nah, not yet and then i go into the building and michelle the really lovely security guard at the reception desk was like hey how's it going blah blah yeah. and i was just like holy crap like even the security is awesome yeah. and for a brown dude <laughs> like it's <laughs> like wow the security are cool like it's yeah. uh that's a rare uh, that's when you know you made it security yeah. lets yeah. you, <laughs> security um, lets you. <laughs> yeah but no but everyone in disney studios like animation studios was like so great to work with and very uh welcoming and accommodating for me yeah. uh being there and how many times do, have you been to the US? Uh, plenty of times. I've been I've been a few times. Yeah, uh, mainly, mainly for work. Right? Yeah, mainly for yeah. work stuff. And like I was essentially a guinea pig for Disney Animation Studios because I got to do my work from Auckland, mm -hmm. New Zealand. I didn't have to be in LA. Yeah. Um, and they kind of created a whole system to kind of allow me to do that. Yeah. And um, my initial contract was five weeks, and then in my third week of doing story stuff. They extended it to like seven months, eight months, Oof, um, and so that was me just at home, like in New Zealand, yeah. just kind of in the hood. I live in the hood, <laughs> yeah. making Disney stuff. And whenever we had teething problems on email, and they'd be like, "Oh yeah, this is the first time we've kind of done this, so then we'll try and figure this out." So it'll be interesting to see whether they use that approach again because now that opens up the possibilities for international talent yeah. who don't necessarily need to be in America. I, th I think they've been widening, they've been widening the scope yeah. of, of talent, especially after COVID. They, yeah, started, exactly. they started dabbling with people working at home. Yeah. And I think that's actually awesome because there's, there's like massive talent in Indonesia, Every, yeah, everywhere Singapore, Japan. Yeah. 
that want to work with Disney, but they can't, you know, they can't go abroad. Yep. And if we can do stuff like with the power of Zoom and all that sort of stuff, it's like we can work abroad as long as AI doesn't take over. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like we can work from here because we're digital. Yeah. All, everything we do is digital. The only thing is the time, like the time difference. Yeah, the time difference, luckily for yeah. me, like cause I'm so used to it, having been back and forth to the yeah. States several times. I was like, I always thought, LA, five hours ahead, a day behind. Yeah. That's kind of how I yeah. think. And, so it's like, and again, Disney Animation Studios were so accommodating to me that any Zoom meetings I had to be at, yeah. they were scheduled to be a decent hour yeah, New yeah. Zealand time. Yeah, I, I noticed Disney's good yeah. with that. But there's some companies like, hey, are yeah. you available at 4 a.m. your time? I'm not. Yeah. But it's like, can you make yourself available? I'm like, okay, I'll get up. And then you get up and it's like, hey, how you doing? We just want to catch up. How you been? <laughs> I'm like, yeah. I'm good. Is that it? Yeah, <laughs> it's the, like, yeah, the only times I would wake up early was when we were having screenings of the, the, the current cut of what we were working yeah. on. And that would be like 9 a.m., you know, uh, American time, LA you know, time. So I had to get up at 4 or 5 a.m. Yeah. You know, but that was fine, you know. Yeah. Um, but that was like three, we, we three or four times. We're yeah. used to it. Like, because you do go to the U.S. and yeah. come back here and you do the late hour deadlines and yeah. stuff. We're used to that stuff. Yeah. And that's what's fine with it. And yeah. as you said, like opening up the possibilities of working abroad, it's sometimes hard to go to America, especially for yeah. work. I, w- I, went, I recently went for four months to work. Yeah. And I don't want to ever do that again. I don't, oh, yeah, honestly, yeah. it's like, you know, when, when they first floated the idea of me working, you know, they were like, oh, maybe for the five weeks we can have you live in LA. And I was like, that would be cool, but I would need to sort out accommodation and the right work visa. And then I think maybe they thought, oh, that could actually be a lot of hassle. Yeah. Um, and so they're like, oh, we reckon you could do it from home. And I was like, awesome, because Ali's a show. <laughs> <That's> like, <laughs> you know, when you come from somewhere like Aotearoa, like New yeah. Zealand, like you, and then you go to like America, yeah. and like America's great, but in short stints, right? Very, very short stints. <laughs> yeah. Like LA, like you said, it's yeah. like, I love LA for a week. Yeah. For a week. After like, I was in LA for like a month. It's just like, I need to get out of here. Yeah. I need to get out of here. And, you re- and, you, and it makes you appreciate what you have at home. Yeah. But that's, that's the thing, it's like, Americans that like they always ask us like what we have here. Yeah. In Australia, they always ask us about spiders, oh, like, right. and that conversation I've had like at yeah, least nine hundred thousand yeah. times. But yeah, when we talk about Australia, or we talk about New Zealand. It's like yeah. we're promoting it, but we're not. It's like it's literally home, and we're happy. Yeah, and it's like it's not because we were born there, or it's not because we've been there for such a long time. It's because it's legit. When we speak about freedom, that's like. We, we have it. Yeah. It's like yeah. we do what we want. We wake up when we want. We do the jobs we yeah. have and we get good pay. It's like, yeah. Thankfully, yeah. And, they're, and they're fairly safe places to live. Yeah. You know, yeah. obviously. They're, 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 there is their, yeah. their bad eggs, but it's yeah. like you can go out at night. Like if something does happen, that was the one-off. Yeah. Not the expected. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's, that's the thing. Yeah. Yeah. And like, one, like when I was working at the animation studios for a couple of weeks in LA last year, um, it was just really weird because I, I had only spent like maybe max four days in LA and so two weeks was like the longest I spent in that city and I remember lying in my hotel uh, pool like floating on my back and I looked up and I was like holy shit where are the stars it yeah, just I, felt so weird not, yeah. to, not to see stars when you look up in the sky Yeah, 
and and I was like, the smog is that bad even at night. <laughs> yeah, you yeah, can't yeah. see stars. We we had a we had a we stayed at um where was it? Shady was a studio city. Oh, yeah, around Universal yeah, and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yep. Studio City. We we had a pool. The place was nice, and it was good weather for yep. like two weeks. And I noticed the same thing. It's like you look up, and it's like it's like the sky is clear, but yep. there's no stars. It says there's nothing. Yeah, I was like, that's just the blank canvas, black. Yep. canvas is like you can't see anything i joked about the only place you can see stars in la is on the hollywood walk of fame that's any place you'll see stars is on the hollywood walk of fame and yeah. so like and yeah growing up in like aotearoa and australia and like especially the pacific and then culturally um you know the pacific people we have a connection to stars yeah so like just looking up and not seeing them i felt disconnected yeah, yeah. Uh, well that's us too yeah. man it's like um um Arabic Muslim yeah. and like the stars and stuff is something we read into too and it's like it's especially when you're like feeling not well or you're feeling yeah. you're missing home or anything we look up to the stars to navigate yeah and, exactly and the fact that we don't see anything there it's like yeah where's home yeah <laughs> it's like yeah it's yeah really so yeah it's just one of those. and then like going up to like Griffith Observatory and then looking at, across the city of LA I'm like the smog, you're like, that's just <laughs> such weird. That's the thing. Weird yeah, vibe, eh? It's like the, a lot of people go there. Um, even my friends go there. Whenever they go to the observatory, you think they're gonna like look at the stars and stuff, but they're looking at the city. It's yeah. like just just go there, just drive there. You can see it. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's a yeah, it's it's a weird like environmentally, it's a weird place. Yeah. You know, especially coming from Australia and this part of the world where we have like nature is prevalent mm. and, like everywhere we got backyards we have trees yeah. and stuff like it's yeah. such yeah i do feel a disconnect the weird thing about LA. la is like it's not only the the environment there it's the the people they all seem to be chasing something yeah they all seem to be like i don't know how it is busy right. but not that not not the nine to five busy it's like they're forever chasing something it's yeah. like it's like they never slow down and you see it in them and they're exhausted and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Like you get the couple of people that are like happy and made it, but it's like the majority. Everyone's s- hustling. Yeah, yeah, everyone's hustling. Yeah. And it's like, they and they're not hustling breaks. right. They don't <laughs> yeah. take breaks. They don't, they don't take yeah. breaks. They just get angry. Do you have a favorite place in America that you've been or? Uh The one that I really liked, I usually do San Diego because I had family there. Yes, yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. And so, and there's, a, there's actually quite a uh, large commu- salmon community mm. in San Diego. So that's why I like doing San Diego and how I can do San Diego. I got family there, so yeah. I don't have to worry and about the, accommodation. And the, and the weather's always good. <laughs> yeah, that that the, place is amazing. And San Diego does also feel like Auckland. Mm. Uh, it's a harbour town. You know, There's a bit more trees and, and green than LA, and there's a lot of brown people. Yeah. So, <laughs> so often I get mistaken for you know being Latino, so yeah. they'll yeah. Start, start speaking Spanish to me. How, um, how crazy is it that it's like, like if people in Australia don't know, like San Diego and LA, like, they're literally like an hour and a half, two hours yeah. dri- drive. Yeah. And it's like, it's two different worlds. It's like, we're talking about this place like it's the most amazing thing, where this one's just here. Yeah. And it's like, it's like the worst place. Yeah. And then, you know, and also San Diego being right at the border of Mexico and America, mm. like, you know, that's why you have a large Hispanic community yeah. in the town and amazing Mexican food. Too. That's, yeah, <laughs> food. Um, that's what I regret. I regret not dabbling in their food more we should have done yeah, yeah. Should have, yeah. Man. um but yeah san diego yeah again it, it's the opportunities there through comic-con but also my family there yeah. makes san diego one of my favorite places but the one that i really connected with the most was seattle seattle is very much like wellington in new zealand again mm-hmm. harbour town a lot of hills 
But I remember flying into Seattle and all I saw was pine trees. Like all of these, this green, greenness. I'm like, oh my God, some, some place like this exists in America because yeah. they're coming from California and yeah. LA and stuff was just like, it was just a breath of fresh air, literally because there was more trees. Yeah, yeah. Um, to come into a place that felt like home. And it, had, it was a little colder. Actually, Seattle would also be like Melbourne mm. in terms of like kind of the harbour town, the climate as well as yeah. a little chillier, very much like Wellington. So, And they have really uh, beaches. Uh, mac and cheese is dope. Um, and oh, um, and I've happened to stumble <laughs> while in Seattle, stumble upon a Australian New Zealand bar called the Kangaroo and Kiwi. I was just walking, I was like, Kangaroo and Kiwi? And then I walked and went, this is a Kiwi Aussie bar? What the? <laughs> and they had like uh, mince pies and, and, and some Aussie stuff as well, but the pies were yuck. Uh, <laughs> uh, but it was just kind of nice that there was a slice uh, of home, yeah. like yeah, yeah. just in Seattle, just randomly. That's not, that's not Outback Steakhouse. <laughs> that's yeah. not Outback Steakhouse. Kangaroo in Seattle, what's this? <laughs> um, but yeah, Seattle yeah, is one of the places that I really enjoyed just because it felt familiar. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and yeah, there's another, there's a burger joint called Dick's. Um, that's really good too. Like very much like in it, like their version and that was like nice simple menu and like when it's simple you can do it really well. Yeah. And so like whenever I go to Seattle, I really enjoy <clears throat> eating a bag of dicks. Yeah. You know? um, <laughs> so yeah. Daniel love uh, it. Yeah. Uh, Are they little? Uh, um, you can get small petite ones. Um, that fit nicely in your mouth. And you just wrap it. You know, just one bite. You can get little yeah. these, bro. One bite. One bite and it's gone. Um, but yeah, no, yeah. That's why. That's why my jokes is like, yeah, I love eating a bag of dicks when I'm in Seattle. <laughs> and people are like, what? Is it freezing? As they say in Archer. But um, but you know, that's yeah. Those are yeah. So Seattle is one of the places I really. That's enjoy. awesome that you find like certain places. Like when we go to certain places like Chicago and all that. We, like we recently went to New York and. We got introduced to this place called Danny's Pizza. Yeah. And it's like literally the best pizza I've ever had. Like ever. Chicago style? It's not Chicago style. It's New York style. Oh, New York style. It's, it's a New York. It, it, was it in Queens, Shady? Yeah, it was in Queens. Oh, Queens. Yeah, so we went there. It, the place looked like the town, the street looked shady. Yeah. Like no puns intended. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like, it looks like people were driving slow just watching you. <laughs> but we were waiting in line. We got the pizza and it's like, it was just yeah. amazing. It's like, what the hell is this? Because we went, we went to another pizza place before that. It was called Ray's, I think. Um, and they had mad pizza. It's like we, yeah. were, we were raiding it. And when we went to that place, it's like, it makes the other place look like <laughs> You like, suck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, one place I haven't done uh, that's on my list of uh, America is uh, Philadelphia. Philadelphia. Yeah, uh, but I've heard good things about yeah, Philadelphia. Yeah, because like, it's like, uh, screw the Rocky Steps, screw the Liberty Bell. I want the honest to goodness Philly cheesesteak. Authentic <laughs> the Philly cheesesteak, oh, man. Yeah. I love like when I'm in the states, it's like Philly cheesesteaks. If I can get one, I'll I'll be eating that. Um, and so I was like, I need to go to Philly to get an authentic yeah. one. Like, but you got, you got a lot of Americans that say, "Oh, it's like the best Philly cheesesteak is not in Philly." I'm like, it has to be. Yeah, it has like, to be. It's like, well, why would the, why would it be called <laughs> a Philly cheesesteak? It doesn't <laughs> make sense. You have to go to the place. Like, yep. like if I'm gonna buy Chicago style deep dish pizza, yeah, you got to eat. You can't Chicago. tell me you can't tell me to go to Canada to get it. I'm like. I got to go to Chicago. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And like New York, yeah, I remember. Um, New York, I didn't mind. Um, again, I felt disconnected with all the steel and, and concrete. Like, yeah, the know, concrete. The, yeah, like it just felt I, weird. I think you'll feel more at home like we did. We we stayed in New Jersey. Oh, ah, yeah. Yeah, so just across the river. Yeah. And it's like, it felt more like Melbourne. Yeah. It felt more like, I don't know if you've been like border to the city, Carlton area, Carlton, ah. Coburg. Like if you go there... 
it kind of felt like that. New to, Jersey. To, oh, yeah. Okay, that's cool. Yeah, yeah no, because I stayed. It's in, less busy. Yeah. It's like because if you go to Manhattan, it's just like yeah. clutter. Yeah, yeah, that's what it kind of felt like. And yeah. I, uh, I stayed in Astoria around Queens. Yeah. And I remember just walking around going, this is where Spider-Man's from. This is cool. <laughs> <laughs> and then like, and then I went down to Brooklyn to uh, you know, to see where Captain America was from, yeah. you know. And then uh, obviously when you're in New York, you know, you've got to take the subway to Coney Island yeah. and hoping you don't get bopped. <laughs> you know? I was just like, yeah, I'm taking the Warriors pilgrimage, you know. And like, well, I think I loved about New York was just just seeing those. those the iconic the, stuff. Yeah, the There's architecture like, and sets yeah. and, and places and the like locations. I just, I, I just wanted to go to the, to past the barber shop that's in, um, what's it called? Well, Come Har- to America? Uh, in Harlem? Uh, I, yeah. yeah. So I wanted to go to that. I wanted to see it. I wanted to like, because I love that movie. It's yeah. my favorite movie. And I just wanted to see it. Yeah. And that's what I love about um, New York is because even in um, when you go want to see the, the Joker steps. Yeah. Yeah, we went there. Like we, me and my friend Amir, we went there because after the movie, it's like, these are iconic. Let's go there. And we took pictures in the rain and stuff. And we went home and like I posted them online and people are like, you're lucky you didn't get stabbed. Yeah. <laughs> it's like... Those people were in the in the apartments, yeah. all looking at you, wanted to stab you, but it was raining. <laughs> yeah, 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 I remember. Um, like Central Park, I was like, "There's a reason why there's Central Park because there's yeah. so much metal and yeah. and concrete all around." I needs that pl- platter cleanser. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. what it is. But like walking along, I was like, "Oh, that's the apartment building from Ghostbusters." Yeah. <laughs> I was like, "Oh, this is awesome." Uh, and then also like, uh, you're like, "Oh, let's go check out some of these uh, locations from Marvel comics." Yeah, and you go to House Kitchen, it's like, "Oh." It's Two blocks. Because <laughs> that's what they was protecting. It's like, what the? <laughs> it's not that big. I, I um, ended up going to the, um, you know, the Seinfeld restaurant, uh, the, the, the diner. Yeah. I ended up going there. It's like, oh, it's, it's the diner. It looks exactly like it. It's, that's the place. And we go in there and it's like so crowded. Didn't it? Because, you know, when you watch Seinfeld, it's like it's spread out and yeah. they can they do yeah. the scenes, they do the chatting and stuff. Yeah. That's what I thought it was going to be like. But nah, you can barely move in there. Yeah. yeah, but it was good to see. It's like it's good to be part. Like that's the that's why you like New York. Yeah. you're part of history and something you grown up with. Yeah, and it's, yeah, especially when you don't live in America, right? Like it's just these things that you've only experienced on through yeah. film and television. You know, and I remember when me and my mate were in LA, we were just driving around, and I was like, "Dude, golf and stuff," <laughs> and it was like, "What?" Golf and stuff from Karate Kid. Let's go play mini golf. And so we went to the mini golf course from Karate Kid just because we just happened to see it and I just recognized it. And it was, it was like, that's why, American, awesome. that's why Americans find us so weird. Like I've seen like round one arcades yeah. in a bunch of movies. And when we're there, I'm like, we go to round one arcades to play Street Fighter. It's like, oh, let's all go there. And it's like, I talk to my friends out of there. It's like, but we just went there. It's like, yeah. But it's like, I haven't been there. Yeah. <laughs> Have you been to Hawaii? I, uh, my, yeah I did my mum used to live in Hawaii for yeah. like 10 years and my brother was born there so I, I visited there when I was a teenager and uh, I liked it but then also it was the first time I'd seen like so many homeless people yeah, yeah. did you go uh, Honolulu yeah my mum was oh, living Honolulu, in Honolulu yeah, yeah. Yeah. that's where so. you'll see them the most yeah I've always wanted to go to Hawaii but it's like it never crossed my mind but why not go to the like like the OG New Zealand Hawaii is beautiful though but yeah. as you said the homeless thing is a bit sad to see yeah. in terms of actually yeah. is, it, is it worse than LA or sus? see I haven't been to Hawaii in, in a while so I didn't know how bad it is my brother was there last year and he said it was pretty bad yeah does yeah. it resonate more because it's more your culture and all that sort of stuff or is it because when I went to LA I yeah. felt the same way bad because I've never seen so many homelessness 
like I walk through the street and people yeah. are just like sleeping everywhere on the bridges and all yeah. sorts of, that that shit got to me. Yeah, that does. Yeah, because yeah, you're just like, oh man, this is like it's so much worse than you yeah, thought. Because, and, then, yeah. and the thing is, you're you're on your way to a, like a party or yeah. some shit. It's like you got invited to something like a restaurant or something, and you're seeing that going there. It's yeah, like, so, yeah. yeah, and you can't even help because it doesn't work. And you see the commercials in America. It's like, let's stop homelessness. I'm like, yeah. do it. It's like it's like. I know it's not easier yeah. said than done, but you know, yeah, but it's like just, you know, small steps at least, because because mm. it's just getting worse. Yeah, so yeah, especially with the you know the rising cost of living, yeah, and and rising rents and stuff, it's yeah. just making it so much like so many people are just a paycheck away from yeah. homelessness. Yeah, um, and yeah, and it's just yeah, it's sad, and and you also feel guilty that you get to, kind of, be successful and, yeah. and not and have live. to worry that mm. you know and yeah. It's yeah, it's a it's a very nuanced uh, problem, you know, and you know, you just you just hope that there's an, there that, is more that, than enough resources yeah. in the world yeah. to house these people it's and true. look it's, after them, but yeah. you know, just that's not the way the system works. Yeah. Unfortunately, yeah, there, you know, a lot of um, the people at the top need people at the bottom to stay at the top. Yeah, you know, yeah. and yeah, it's 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 interesting, but. Yeah, Elon, Elon Musk should fix it. Instead <laughs> <laughs> of buying Twitter, <laughs> like, Dogecoin um, can be the solution. Yeah. yeah. Um, I heard you mention Vegas before in Evo. Yeah. So what do you what do you go into Evo for? I, I know why you go yeah. into Evo, but tell. Me. So as a gamer, um, my my game of choice is Tekken. Mm. You know, the fighting game series. I've been playing it since Tekken One. Play it now with Tekken Seven, and I've been part of the New Zealand Tekken scene for almost twenty years now. And um, yeah, I go to Evo and I I compete in Tekken Seven. And uh, last year, Evo, I placed in the top ten percent of Tekken Seven players in the world. And Jesus, I actually had to take yeah. on uh, Rang Chu, who was a twenty eighteen Tekken World Tour champion, uh, in my winners final uh, in our pool because we were smashing everyone else. Yeah. <laughs> and um, and that was a really great uh, experience because uh, I was like, okay, up against former world champ, let's see if you can handle it. And um, it was very hard to crack defensively, like yeah. very strong spacing, defense, like you know, blocking and stuff. And it was really hard to crack him open. But there was a couple of times where I got him, and yeah. even his entourage were like, "Whoa!" Like they yeah. were surprised, like yeah. with some of my tech. Yeah. Um, and so I was like, "You know, what? at least I got that." You know, yeah, that's, um, that's good. Like the, uh, it's happened with me with um, Street Fighter. Yeah. Like, when you got the, we get to play. I'm pretty sure you know Diego. Yeah. Omohara. Um. So yeah. We got to play him like a few years, more than a few years back, but we got to play him. And it's like the fact that like when you get to almost taking a round, I know you, it's hard to yeah. take a round of him because especially top ranking Japanese yeah. players, that last hit is the like, yeah. it's like a full bar of health. Yeah, but, Super Saiyan. One pixel Super Saiyan mode, right? Yeah, but you just don't feel like, you feel like your practice has paid off because even in New Zealand and Australia, the world definitely knows because our internet can't connect to americans yeah. and stuff properly it's our, our training is limited yeah to compared to the rest of the world so when you get to play against a pro player and you play good pretty yeah. good you feel good about yourself you, you you know you can level up even more yeah exactly yeah. And, and and um the thing is my reputation as a as a Tekken player because i'm a king main mm. um known as the king of New Zealand. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like the final boss of king mains in New yeah. Zealand. Um, I'm, not, not, I'm not known as the best king player, 
but I'm known as one of the most unique and creative King players. Yeah. And I just pretty much utilize my creativity that I use as an artist and yeah. Tekken. And so I come up with all kinds of crazy tech that no one has seen before. And so when I was playing at Evo, I had all these Americans come up to me like, hey, can we play with King? Because like, your King's crazy as fuck. Like, yeah. we've never seen any of this stuff. I'm like, oh yeah, this is how I came up with this tech. And, and I, in fact, I was playing some offlines in Melbourne last week. And um, yeah, there's a King main there as well. I was like, oh, let me show you some tech that I, I came up with. And so I was showing him, I was explaining to him how I came up with this tech. And he's just like, what the like who thinks like that it's yeah. like and so for me as a Tekken player because I'm much older now and I don't have I don't compete as much yeah. as I used to now I'm kind of like a veteran and and um and some people call me uncle which shows my, <laughs> which shows my age it's good it's good but I also know it's a term of endearment yeah, yeah. um now I'm just like about sharing my experience helping others um, but also I don't want to be the best I just want to be unique yeah. and I find being unique in a massive kind of world um i guess grouping of fighting game mm -hmm. communities like is, is yeah, kind if of you, cooler if you have a signature style yeah. you stand out more than yeah. the bread and butter basics yeah, yeah exactly yeah, so that's, like, that's someone so, saying i've never versed a king like that before it's yeah. like yeah, yeah. um so you yeah, never so, will <laughs> so yeah so that's that's why I, that's where i get satisfaction now mm. from gaming it's not about like you know placing if i play it's then awesome but like I'm just about having fun. Yeah. I play for fun. Yeah. Uh, and I don't care about frame data and all of that stuff. Yeah, I yeah. just like that's why people are like, man, you just do crazy stuff because yeah, I just do stuff when I feel like it. Mm -hmm. I play Ultra Instinct style. It's like yeah. ah, bang bang bang, I'm just gonna do this and then um yeah, so that's where I find satisfaction now as a gamer is yeah. more about being unique, being different, standing out. And still enjoying the game. That's that's yeah. that's the main yeah. thing with us. And the Dream Hack's coming up. Yes. Right? Are you gonna go play? Yeah, I've 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 got my ticket, so I'm gonna yeah. be entering the the Tekken tournament on Sunday. Um, I'll probably uh, wear my Tekken Three Kingsties mm -hmm. um, outfit for the tournament uh, just to intimidate people. <laughs> and the cool thing is, right, as a trained professional wrestler, if I lose, I can power bomb someone through the table. That's what, that's what it <laughs> it's like, yeah, you better make me win. Or this, I, this is why you play King, man. Yep. It's like that's you have Actually, to wrestle. There is a there is a viral video on YouTube of me doing King's moves in real life. Um, <laughs> like, along with oh. footage, yeah. So, yeah. So I went through like King's moves list and I performed them on someone. That's awesome. Um, and this is in a match or no? This is just, just on YouTube. A, just yeah, on just yeah. It was just like I just like, hey, took one of the rookies. Hey, can I film me doing some wrestling moves on you? <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> um, we'll bring that up. We'll yeah, put we got to see. I haven't even seen that. Yet, yeah, it's a uh, as, as my veteran status as a pro wrestler. I was like, hey, rookie, come over here and be my crash test on me. But everything like everything I do in there is safe. Like you know, uh, I am a trained professional. Of yeah, course. don't try this yeah. at home. That's the, that's, yeah, the, definitely that's the whole thing. Yeah, yeah, don't try this at home. But um, but it was a lot of fun to try and do uh, and and try and replicate. Um, King's moves. We're discuss. gonna try to go to Dreamhack. Like, uh, we'll see if we can get tickets. Yeah. We'll come I check you out. Yeah, yeah, I legit yeah, completely yeah. forgot about it. Yeah, um, yeah no, that's yeah. You know, that'll be sick. I see you guys there, and I'll see you guys there. That'll be cool. Um, but for me, it's like, um, like as in, like you're a Tekken fan. I'm pretty sure you're hyped for Tekken Eight. I'm hyped for Tekken, not Tekken Street Fighter Six. Yeah. Yeah. So those two games, like for fighting game players, these are the the stuff that is like they don't come often. Yeah. And, yeah. But when they do, it's like you anticipate him so much like i've seen eight like I, i'm not a tekken player but yeah. tekken eight looks amazing yeah, yeah like uh you know six you got a couple of more months left for six eight before yeah, six yeah, comes, comes out, out in two June, months June. yeah, June. yeah, yeah so we've, got... been, we've been counting the days man we yeah. just watched that little wayne 
Um, ah, yes, the, the expo- the, expose and show, showed um, like previews of the game. So yeah, yeah, and then Tekken's probably next year. I would say it's still early in development. But yeah, like as a, I'm a very aggressive player. Mm. Uh, you know, rush, uh, rush, rush down, down yeah, yeah, rush down ca- uh, player, and so um, Tekken eight's emphasis on aggressiveness. Mm. Like I was like, that's right up my alley. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's my shit. Yeah. Um, and like King and Tekken Seven turned out to be like the perfect character for the, my play style. Yeah. And so I was like, if I can capitalize and build on that in eight, like I'm gonna have so much fun. And King in uh, in the Tekken Eight trailer has like four flavors of power bombs. Yeah. You know, I'm like, yeah, I'm about to power bomb some fools. Uh, he's got the pedigree now. He's got the RKO uh, and stuff. Is like okay, they're they're definitely going hard. And actually, the one character that I really like from Street Fighter Six is Zangief. Oh, Zangief looks yeah, good because now they've given him more wrestling stuff. And oh, I'm like, he looks so good. And, and yeah. also, like, you got that MMA yeah. chick, um, Marissa. The, oh, you see, the, 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 the giant, the Italian. Yeah. It's like she looks so good. Yeah, like, but I, no, saw, yeah. I saw them versus each other. But yeah. Zangief, Zangief is like he's got a lot of wrestling stuff. Yeah, it's like, six, he, it's and like, they look good. Yeah, as yeah. well. They don't look clunky. Or they don't look like. Like they, they look set up, like they yeah. look like wrestling moves. Yeah, because yeah. I, I watched that trailer with Zangief, and I was like, "Wait, they've given him even more wrestling moves. Yeah. Yeah. He looks way more fun now." Yeah. So I'm like, "If I do play Street Fighter Six, I might tr- pick up Zangief yeah. and see, uh, see if I can have." I love fun how they started him off with the luchador mask. Yeah, like he, like he was like he's w- wasn't hiding or something. Yeah, that's so cool. Um, so yeah, so that I was really happy with the Zangief um trailer and uh Zangief. Funny enough, uh, do you know the origin of the name? Zangief? Yeah. No. Uh, so there was a um, a shoot wrestler named Victor Zangief mm. uh, in Japan. He was big in Japan. And so that's kind of where they got the name from, oh, was the Russian Zangief. That's um, awesome. Yeah. And, um, I've never actually looked into the law of the names, except Mike uh, M. Bison. Yeah. It was like the copy of Mike Tyson and yeah. they switched it off. Yeah. Um, yeah. And like, uh, funny enough, uh, just showing my nerdiness, uh, there's another... V- the video on YouTube that I did out of the Tekken series where I break down the origins of all the wrestling moves in the Tekken series and I find clips of of the actual of moves. the actual moves and the wrestlers and so it's like a video essay of, it's of like me. a breakdown of yeah. the whole character it's like yeah. this move is made famous by this person and blah blah and then and then showing clips yeah. so people can see how much the Bandai, Bandai Namco team and the Tekken project team love pro wrestling mm. Uh, because it's not just King it's like every character has at least one pro wrestling move in the arsenal yeah um, and, and so it's good when they they pay homage to yeah. like characters because I know they pulled a lot from Japanese wrestling yes. as well that's, that's that's yeah that's cool that they look into that and also like speaking of wrestling and you being a pro wrestler I, I love like I've recently not recently but I've gotten more into like just watching Japanese wrestling yeah it's just so entertaining it's so, so, so fun to watch Especially, yeah. I just saw like, I don't know the name, but it's like there's a there's a dummy. Oh, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, like, it's like a dummy wrestler, and it's like that's one professional wrestler. That's like it's it's the funniest thing. Yeah, uh, it's like DDT stuff because yeah. uh, they like to do like crazy, insane stuff like that. And funny enough, uh, last weekend, uh, New Japan had a show here in Melbourne. Did uh, they? New Japan Pro Wrestling Tamashi, um, and Shingo Takagi was uh, in the. Um, was in the main event against Robbie Eagles from Sydney. Uh, and Robbie Eagles wrestles for New Japan as well. Um, but my friend Fale, Bad Luck Fale, from the Bullet Club, uh, runs those shows here in yeah. Australia. 
and I just happened to be in town. And I'm like, bro, I didn't realize you had a show tonight. Cause yeah, come on by. And so, um, yeah, so it's really cool to kind of catch up and stuff. And um, I think there's a wrestling show this weekend that some New Zealanders are coming over mm. for. So I'm going to try and catch up with them. Yeah. Um, and yeah, like wrestling, you know, it's just one of those things. I fell in love with wrestling, funny enough, because of comics. Yeah. Because I loved comics as a little kid and like I loved superheroes and supervillains. Mm. And I remember when wrestling was on television, I was like, it felt the same. Yeah, it was, it was like, it was like, you get the connection. Yeah, it's like, wait, big muscly dudes and colorful tights beating each other up is like superheroes and supervillains. Yeah. So I found love wrestling because to me as a kid, it was like yeah. comics in real there's life. There's the heel, there's the villains, there's the yeah. good guys, there's um, the betrayals. It yeah. had everything. And the drama, right? And so, yeah, yeah so that's how I found love wrestling because of comics. Yeah. And my career in pro wrestling, funny enough, started off as a comic because as when you grow up as a wrestling fan, you always think to yourself, I'm going to be an amazing wrestler. Yeah. I'd be an awesome wrestler. Yeah. And so I created a comic, which was essentially me as a professional wrestler. Yeah. And I thought, you know what? Why not turn this character into a real-life pro wrestler? So Impact Pro Wrestling in Auckland had to try it. And I thought, fuck it, let's, let's see where, where it goes. So I tried it out and I've been wrestling ever since for like, the last 18 years I've been a pro wrestler that's the best story arc um, it's like yeah. live action of your yeah so <laughs> yeah. I took my comic book character and turned it into a real life professional yeah. wrestler and so like um, and so it's just interesting that I've, I've been able to do that and what's great is this character through professional wrestling has evolved and grown over the years mm. you know and and there's all these kind of like layers to this character now that I probably wouldn't have been able to do in comic form yeah, but yeah. came to life through professional wrestling. Yeah, and uh, you know I've been really fortunate. It's a sick backstory, though. Is this yeah. comic still ongoing? No, 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 I only did one comic. One comic. Yeah, but you then, should continue it. I, 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 I think you should. Like, yeah, you should continue do, a, do a run back, just like yeah. even if it's a one off. Yeah, you know? I, yeah. I, I probably would do a one off yeah. if anything, because the characters become something else yeah. in yeah. real life that like I don't need feel the need to tell a story in yeah, the comic yeah. form. That's sick. Um, but yeah, I've been very fortunate, you know, I've been former New Zealand heavyweight champion, yeah. former New Zealand tag team champion several times. And uh, one of those times I was New Zealand tag team champion, it was me and King Haku. We were tag team champions of New Zealand at one point. And that was that was a dream come true because as a kid growing up, Samoan kid growing up in New Zealand, Haku was one of the very few Polynesian faces on our television who was unashamedly Polynesian. Mm he used to beat people up travel the world and then he was jumping the mic he speak Tongan yeah. and so I used to go to school and be like that's my uncle and all the kids were like you're a liar you're a liar he's Tongan you're Samoan but that's how I saw him so like to actually share that achievement with him the accolade with him I was just like all oh, those kids that made fun of me I was like shame <laughs> shame that's my uncle Tonga shame um, yeah so that's probably like the coolest thing that ever happened to me as a pro yeah. wrestler but funny enough my experience as a professional wrestler and a comic book artist is what led me to Headlocked, which is an American graphic novel series based in the world of pro wrestling. And Michael Kingston, who's the writer, co-writer, I actually met at my first San Diego Comic-Con. And it's through Headlocked that I got to know a lot of wrestlers because a lot of wrestlers are big comic fans. Mm -hmm. And because we were approaching pro wrestling from a respectful point of view, like more HBO kind of realistic take on it, they respected our respect for their craft. And when I jumped on board as an artist, they were like, this guy knows his stuff. Because when I would illustrate the wrestling moments, I would always throw in little Easter eggs, like little grips, little uh, like lifts and stuff, like things that if you were a pro wrestler, you'd know. You'd know yeah. 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 And so to have guys like uh, you know, Christopher Daniels and like uh, Frankie Kazarian and AJ Styles be like, dude, like 
you're the man. Like we can see all these things that you're you're throwing in for us workers. Yeah. Um, and like you know, through Headlock, we've worked with Rick Flair, we've worked with uh, Mick Foley, I uh, worked with Samuel Joe, uh, the Young Bucks. Um, just uh, there's like so many people, uh, Cody Rhodes, um, that have uh, you know come into um, to Headlock because of the story we tell, and they can see the respect we have for the craft. And the covers for Headlock are actually illustrated by WWE Hall of Famer Jerry the King Lawler. Who's an accomplished artist in his own right? Um, He's the one that illustrates. He does the covers to the to the comic code. Yeah, so that's that's, that's, yeah. that's so, something that's that you learn new every day. Yeah, like, what the hell? Um, I didn't know he was an illustrator. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. So it's just all of these all of these famous wrestlers. I'm like, man, I've you know Booker T. I did some artwork with Booker T. as well. Like it's, it's just like, man, all these wrestlers I, I grew up watching, mm. I get to work with with through uh, Headlocked, yeah. and it's through our work in Headlocked that WWE approached us to do some of their comic stuff. So. Yeah. You know, I got to draw like Stone Cold Steve Austin and The Rock and John Cena and The Miz and um, and then my favorite story was a Bret Hart story because I got to draw like his career. Yeah. And so I got to draw Bret. I got to draw obviously Anvil and Shawn Michaels and Davy Boy Smith yeah. and Macho Man Jake the Snake. Like, oh, Mr. Perfect! I got to draw the Mr. Perfect sharpshooter. Like, I was like, ah, oh, I was so happy with it. And Ric Flair as well. And uh, my friend Mike, uh, you know, who's US based managed to go to a signing and I, he got me a copy of my Bret Hart story signed by Bret Hart and Jimmy Hart and they were like this story's dope like they, they we got to see all of approval for the story we did for them and yeah. um, and it's just moments like that where yeah. I can't believe that it's kind of like a full circle yeah moment. like yeah. My, my the comics and pro wrestling convergence like you know yeah. for for me in general is just like it's just crazy yeah. like it's weird you watching them on television and then actually yeah. working with these people is just, yeah i yeah. get to expand I on imagine their, it's surreal i get to expand on their mythologies like through my artwork yeah. and it's so cool like it's you know um yeah, yeah. same with me I, I like i like you're obviously more in depth into wrestling yeah. and stuff because you became a wrestler but yeah we used to run home and stuff watch wcw i used to love them you know the monday night Ra yeah. wars that, that happened back then it's like you just can't get that back again that that sort of era is like yeah, it's feeling, lost. Yeah, yeah. yeah that era is lost with us and it's like it's just it didn't we never like we knew it was fake but we never yeah. we never looked at it as fake we looked at it as like storytelling it was like that's yeah. how we were passionate about it and as artists you, you made a whole comic book out of it but me it's like Literally, how I started to draw back in the day yeah. was drawing Sting and Gold, uh, yes, uh, Sting yeah. and Goldberg and stuff. Yeah. That's what I was doing. Like I would draw them at school; people would love it, and it's like that kind of elevated my art. Yeah, and like I would love to have a full circle moment like that. But it's like <laughs> I think I, I kind of do have the full circle moment, like with the people that I work with yeah. in the industry. Like, well, you've worked, yeah. you've you've worked with the Rock, right? On on the Black Adam the, stuff, I've worked with the Rock production um, company and stuff. And um, Ryan Reynolds, I've worked with yeah. him on a few things. Um, Jake Gyllenhaal, all yeah. those people. I was like, that's surreal. It's like yeah. you never think that you would speak to these people or talk to these people. But exactly, like, that, that's surreal. They're like you always you always sit there going like, wait, this is my life. Like, this is my like, life. Yeah, just, I get to it's like you, it's it's kind of the imposter syndrome kind of yeah. sneaking out, right? Because you're like. I can't believe I get to do this. Yeah. Like we put in the work. Yeah. We we know what we're doing, but like to get that kind of affirmation and, and the validation with, by working with. But these I don't clients. know if it's with you as well. But the first couple of times you're doing it, it's like you feel like like for me anyway. I felt like I didn't deserve yeah. to be in that room. But after a while, after you produce hit after hit, yeah. and everyone's like, they digging your shit. Yeah. Then you start 
you know, believing in yourself. That imposter syndrome's gone. It's like, this is you. Yeah. This, yeah. Like, that, that's how I was with the Disney Animation Studios work. Because, <laughs> funny enough, that was my first ever job in the animation industry. I'd never worked in animation before. And you went to the and highest I, Yeah, I went, I, <laughs> first job in animation was with Disney. So, they were like, you know, I guess the five-week initial contract was maybe like a trial period. Yeah. Because they were like, oh, we'll see how you go. And they said, you may not even like the work, which mm. is fair enough. Mm. You know, I may start and be like, oh, you know, this isn't my thing. So, the third week, I had done my um, first, storyboarded my first scene. And I had done the first pass, got a whole bunch of notes did a second pass and on the second pass they're like that was amazing dude all the notes we gave you you elevated them and so let's approve that and send it to edit i'm like oh no no notes they're like no no it's good no, we're fine. you know we're good and you know after and then a couple of days later is when they extended my contract yeah. you know, to, it must like, be the best feeling though it's like and so it is five weeks to seven yeah. months it's not like even that. the five week of anything yeah. as soon as a company like like disney or warner brothers or anything says no notes yeah. It's just the best feeling. <laughs> so I was, so yes, yeah, so I remember after that meeting, I was on the high because I was like, "Yeah, no, I do, I deserve to be here. Mm. Like, I am good enough to be here yeah. in this position." And so that that it was like this weight off the imposter syndrome yeah. weight was off my shoulders because I didn't know how I was going to be in this environment yeah. whether yeah. I was going to be good enough. Yeah, and to have that validation was like, "Yeah, I am good enough." And so I went, I went, <laughs> I celebrated by going uh, to a karaoke bar and just singing karaoke songs yeah. <laughs> like I'm on my own yeah. I'm just like yeah I'm hyped up I want to sing some songs um, <laughs> but yeah yeah, that, yeah, that, there's those moments right when you realise yeah I am good enough yeah. and, and those moments are amazing because yeah. you know you, you realise you as an artist or any creator yeah. or anything you're trying to do that realisation is so important yeah. and, and once you achieve it it's like you know you don't know how to really achieve it like if you're going for it it actually just has to happen. Yeah. And when it does happen, you, you just, you literally feel lighter and your chest is like, yeah. you can breathe again. It's, it's like, like you're walking on air, right? You're like, whoa, yeah. like, you know, yeah. uh, walking on sunshine. And, and it boosts your creativity, your morale, yeah. your everything, like your work is so much better straight after that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, but it's, it's been a crazy journey because uh, the way I got the Disney job was I applied for the story artist job in 2021 September mm -hmm. 2021 and I was like I was like I'm applying for this job but I'm fully unqualified yeah. but fuck it I'm still gonna do it so I applied and then in November 2021 I applied for the milestone initiative for DC Comics mm. which was a, a program uh, geared towards black and minority comic creators yeah I'm like that's my warehouse like you google someone comic artist it's just me that shows up so I was like that's in my warehouse but the program was only open to US Canadian residents only. Mm. I went, fuck it, I'm still gonna do it. <laughs> I was like, I was like, do it, and hopefully people will see your work and maybe give me notes. Yeah, at least like at least get eyes on my work. Yeah. So I applied for the Master Initiative and the Disney thing a few months apart, and then in January 2022, I get an email from DC, and they're like, hey, uh, we noticed in your application that says you're from New Zealand. Uh, we just wanted to get confirmation if that was the case, and I remember thinking. They wouldn't ask if they weren't interested, right? Yeah. If my work was shit and I was yeah. from New Zealand, easy bin. Yeah. So I was like, and I replied, said, yeah, I'm from New Zealand. And they said, unfortunately, we can't, we can't, uh, due to your geographical status, we can't proceed forward with your application. But we do like your work. So, you know, yeah. we, may, we may keep you on the list. And like, oh, okay, that's not a no. Yeah. Awesome. So June comes around 
And I, I was thinking about doing Comic-Con, but I hadn't booked anything. June comes around, I get an email from Disney. Like, hey, uh, thank you for your application. Unfortunately, we went with another artist to fill the story artist role, but we do like your work. So if we do feel like, like very much the same thing as the DC. Yeah. And I get in June from Disney, I went, fuck, I need to go to San Diego next month. And luckily, I just wrapped up on working on a documentary from where I illustrated a whole bunch of shit, and they paid me really well that I was able to cover the cost of a last-minute <laughs> San Diego trip. Um, and so I booked the trip. I'm doing uh, I'm doing Disneyland, San Diego, and Evo. And I emailed Disney and, and DC. I'm like, hey, I'm going to be in California. If you want to meet up, I'm happy to come up to LA and whatnot. I had, I had left the week after Comic-Con for p- possible meetings. And in my mind, I'm like, if they really are interested, hopefully I'll get a one-on-one meeting. Yeah. Yeah. happening because uh because you understand in a very in a, in a digital world face-to-face interactions so much, so much more now yeah, it is, yeah. Yeah. you know sure. being able to set yourself face-to-face and, yeah. and so i was like yeah i want to i want to try and get face-to-face meetings if they really are interested and i got like pleasant emails back saying oh that'll be cool but yeah. nothing was booked nothing was scheduled <laughs> so i fly over and i'm doing disneyland and i'm posting from disneyland because all my friends back home like can you post from disneyland so we can live vicariously <laughs> through you yeah and I'm posting from Disney, and then one of the people I know at Disney messages me. He's like, hey, dude, are you in LA? I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm here for Comic-Con next week. He goes, cool, let me get back to you. I've got a couple of people from Disney who want to meet with you. So like the second day I'm there, I have a possible Disney meeting happening. Yes, I'm just yeah. like, oh, shit, my plan worked. I'm like, just flying myself over there. Like, And I hadn't heard back from Disney, uh, DC, so I was like, oh, you know, I'm just going to go Comic-Con and enjoy myself. I don't have to, I've got a Disney meeting. I didn't have to run around and share my portfolio at Comic-Con. So yeah. I enjoyed Comic-Con as a punter. It was the first time I just enjoyed it. And uh, Friday of Comic-Con, Friday evening, I get an email saying, hi, what's your schedule like tomorrow? We've got a couple of DC Comics editors that want to meet with you. <laughs> I was like, okay, whatever your schedule is, is my schedule. And I ended up meeting with the Batman editor and the All Ages editor. And they loved my stuff. And I was like, oh, shit, like, this is crazy. Again, the affirmation that, like, I'm yeah. good yeah. enough. Yeah. And when I talked to the talent relations manager uh, who facilitated these meetings, like, she was so lovely and amazing. I was like, oh, um, she goes, oh, um, when you sent me your artwork, when you emailed me, I remember it. Cause it she goes, yeah, I, I remember your work because it got flagged. Uh, she goes, it got flagged by the Cubit Art School because they wanted DC to make an exception for me to fly me from New Zealand to LA for the program. But but DC didn't have the talent but uh, the travel budget for yeah. it. So she said, I couldn't make something happen for you then. I wanted to make sure I made something happen for you now. When you're when you're, well, there, when, when, you're when you're there on your own merits. Yeah, yeah when I'm there on my own merits. So <laughs> it was like it was just like and so I was like, that's crazy. Like the gamble I took paid off. So after Comic Con, I get an email, like during Comic Con I get an email say, Hey, Disney meeting Tuesday uh, midday at this restaurant, I'm like, okay, cool, go up on Monday, you know, 24 hours, just chill, don't rush into the meeting. So I'm on the 4 a.m. Monday train <laughs> back up to LA and I rock up to the Disney meeting. We sit down, we, you know, we, uh, explain you know, pleasantries and stuff. And I'm, uh, here I am thinking it's a Comic-Con meeting, like, hey, just networking. Yeah. So I sit down and they're like, hey, um, do you know what this meeting is about? I'm like, not particularly. I'm <laughs> like, we're, just, we're hanging out. And they say, well, we've been wanting to work with you since the beginning of this project. Um, in fact, one of your books has been in our writer's room since day one. 
and uh you know disney have always said no because you don't have experience in the animation industry and i was like fair enough and so they're like yeah so um how would you like to work with us and i'm like oh shit you're offering me a job <laughs> and um and, yeah, and they were just like that, that's like that must put you on the spot it's like yeah. what job do i want now? yeah i was just like of course like in my mind it's like okay this is not my wheelhouse but this is a creative challenge yeah and so like, I should be able to grow from this like this will be I'll be able to have all of those new skills and stuff and they said to me that me showing up in LA forced their hand they were like he's here now we need to get him while he's in town and and that's how I got the job just showing up that's awesome man <laughs> See, like, that's, that's a good lesson for people yeah. that are watching you show up yeah. you, you even apply when you're not Supposed you, to. <laughs> you're not supposed to. You're not from the country. Yep. And you don't have the experience. But you still apply yourself. Yeah. And you believe in yourself like he did. And look at where we are now. It's yeah. like you got the job. You got the experience. Yeah. Yeah. They wanted me to work straight away. They're like, hey, um, they're like, uh, can you start work on August 8th? I'm like, um, that's the day I leave <laughs> the States. They're like, okay. So so the following week is when I started. Like, so essentially, I get home. I'm straight into it. And I had been working with And you them. worked from New Zealand, right? Yeah, I worked oh, from I, New Zealand. I, I thought they flew you back. I'm like, no. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. That's, that's awesome. That's an yeah. amazing story. Um, and it's cool because like, Disney's no easy, easy door to get into. Yeah. And the fact that they were like headhunting you all this time and you didn't know about it that's that's yeah it's it's it's, it's crazy because yeah because like i've throughout my whole career i've always managed to find my own way mm-hmm. into spaces yeah um and, fr- I, and i feel like when you find your own way it's yeah. like you're more comfortable because if someone like there's a lot of people that like help you get indoors yeah and when that happens it's like you're you're never comfortable yeah it's like it's like you're not the one that got there yeah so, and it's interesting because like being in the disney space i was like oh, okay um can you make a difference? Like, you know, this is a big company and there's so many people in this. Like, can you make a difference? Can you make an impact? And somehow I kind of did. Like, you know, when I, when I was having my farewell kind of meetings and stuff, people were like, you were part of this team before you were even part of this team. Your name was always in the discussion about who to work with. Mm-hmm. And they were like, and my, my cultural mind and stuff like that. Like, I, they were like, you elevated so many story things through your cultural knowledge that you've changed the way we think about how we do story. Mm. And that's why they were like, we really like your energy and stuff. And I know you're wrapping up as a story artist, but we were thinking we could keep you on board as a cultural consultant. So I did something right that they wanted yeah, to find course. another way to keep me on board. That's exactly um, right. And, and, and that just leaves like the door open for transitioning to into other things, other yeah. story boards that they need you on, other storytelling that they need you on, even even go further it's like yeah. it's good to have new zealand uh, not new zealand um disney love to have like their hands like around the world and to have you as a talent from that side of the world means a lot to them so yeah. all, they would want to keep you yeah so it would be dumb for me like yeah. not to keep you <laughs> i'm just it goes but, to show as well like uh taking a risk like you just took yeah. that risk traveled there hoped for the best and it worked out it yeah. paid off as well yeah. for you uh, yeah your four months as well yeah because yeah. like for me um yeah you, you I had to be proactive yeah. in this career because there's no kind of like, you know, pathway, like defined pathway. Like this is how you succeed in this arena. Yeah. You kind of make your own way. And in doing so, you have to be proactive. You have to be constantly taking risks. Mm. And when you constantly take risks, you get your risk assessment skills are sharpened 
and she understand the value of taking mm. risks. And mm. I often tell young aspiring artists, it's like, you have to take risks. Mm. You can never be, you, you will never be risk adverse because yeah. there's going to be a point in time where you do have to take risks. And so if you take risks constantly, I think of it like a rung, rungs on the ladder. So each time you take a risk, you get another rung towards what you're reaching, yeah. the, the goal you're reaching towards. But if you don't take those risks, the gap, the gap between rungs is even greater. Yeah. And so it's a lot more difficult to climb to where you need to be. Yeah. Um, and so just constantly, for me, I'm like, there's success and uh, there's, there's progress and success and failure. Mm. So taking risks, I'm like, cool, I'm just going to do it. Because if I succeed, it's three steps forward. Yeah. If I fail, it's one step forward. Because I'm at least somewhere, yeah. I'm yeah. somewhere forward. Because you learn, you learn from yeah, you, learn. you learn from the experience, yeah. and so exactly. it's just like I just do it, and um, and that's how I've operated. And one of the things I, I've kind of identified um, is that when people take a, they have to take a chance, have to take a risk, they ask themselves, "What's the worst that could happen?" Mm. Right? I realized my mindset was, "What's the best that could happen?" Yeah, and just approaching things in that way meant they're like. Cool, let's just do it. That's the perfect way to think about it because yeah. what's the best that could happen kind of nullifies the worst that could happen yeah. because the worst that could happen is like you're where you're at. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, you, okay, you didn't get the job, you didn't get where you wanted to be, but this is where you were. Yeah. But your options are not closed off. You can still get these jobs and still take these risks. That's the cool thing about risks. You can keep taking them Yeah. yeah until one works out. Yeah. It's like there's no lifelines and stuff. Just, just just keep taking those risks. Like even if you keep getting hit, even yeah. if you keep getting turned down, like I love those inspirational stories when you hear those those um authors and all those directors that like have their first um 20, 30 rejection letters. Yeah. It's like that's all it is. We have to get rejected. Imagine getting being like being successful on your first try is an amazing yeah. feeling. Yeah. But, but it leaves you open to the fact that you don't know how to, like, you don't know what failure is. Yeah. And if you don't know that, the first hiccup you get, everything could crumble. Yeah. And if it crumbles while you made it, that's much worse. Because you would, you know, you want the the skill of damage control. You want the skill of um, creative fixing, yeah. creative thought, um, being able to, like, literally, I've seen people fix a huge situation just by going in a room and thinking about it. Yeah. Like thinking about what to do. And if you don't have failure behind you, you don't have the you don't have the like the roots and the yeah. branches to look back on, okay, this is what happened then, this is what happened then. Yeah. So a lot of people hate it, but it's like failure is more than necessary. Yeah, no, yeah. yeah like you know, failures are just another another opportunity to learn. Right. Exactly. And, yeah. Um and like people are like, Man, you're so successful because yeah, I'm a success because I'm an absolute failure. Yeah. Like, you know, the path the, the road to success is paved with failures. Yeah. You know, it's that whole iceberg yeah. thing, right? Where the people see the tip but they don't see the, like all the shit that didn't yeah. work out to get you to that like point. The, the same people that are saying that I wish I was you yeah. were the same people that would say I don't envy you t- like five years back yeah. when they saw you in the struggles, yeah. when they saw you not making money when they saw you getting sick like not sleeping working 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 yeah. they're like man i don't i don't envy you man how, how do you keep doing this then like five years later when you're successful it's like man i wish i was you yeah you can be patient put in the work put in the work yeah. and like I, I really hate saying this and i say it on every podcast when i say when i talk to someone i say patience and repetition and consistency yeah. 
people don't like those words. It's like it's such bread and butter. Yeah. But it's legit the facts. It's kind of like like when they talk about diets or something. It's like diet and exercise. It's like no one wants to hear that stuff. It's like the bread and butter basics. People don't want to say it, but it applies. Yeah. Consi- like without consistency, you're not gonna learn or, or you know gain that muscle memory. Yeah. It's like that's yeah. what it com- comes down to. It's the reps, right? It's, yeah, that's, that's what, what it's, all the, it's all the reps. It, all, um, all your shitty works, like my shitty works for the you know for ten years. We're repetitions to get to my good work. Yes. And that's what, you know, that's what these clients are looking for. This is what these clients are paying for now. Literally, just be consistent. And if you're like us and you love what we do, it's like our bad days are still our good days. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. And like, you know, obviously, young aspiring artists, like, oh, you know, how can I get better at drawing? I'm like, just like everything else in this world. You just gotta keep doing practice, it. Like yeah. it's like, and and I, I always see everything as practice. Yeah, you know, and uh, and I often tell the kids too that I visit in Aotearoa. I'm like, guess what? As an artist, I hate everything I draw, and they're like, what? Because everything is practice. Hmm. All the stuff I've done before, like there are pieces I'm proud of because of the accomplishments. Yeah, but I look at it and I'm like, that's old me. Mm. I'm much better now. Yeah. And so I concentrate on what is on my plate now because I'm a much better artist mm. than I was then. So I see it and I'm like, yeah, all that stuff can be improved on, but I don't need to improve those because I just concentrate on the mm. project at hand. Yeah. Mm. You know, that's what matters the most. You now as an artist is what matters most. And there, so was, there was a saying about like, even right now, I'm pretty sure like you do something dope and you still hate it. Yeah. But the, everyone, but you, when you get, like people saying it's dope, 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 dope. Yep. Your mind changes is because perfection is perception. It's yep. like someone would like look at it and say it's perfect and they say it's perfect enough. You start seeing that it's like, hey, man, it's dope work. Yep. Yeah. And that's how I am. It's like everything I work, every project I do, I look at it and I'm like, I got to be better on the next yep. one because that is not like my stand. And it's like we're always chasing a standard. Yep. It's like I need to be better than this piece. I need to be better it's than my last year. It makes yeah. you, yeah. it drives you to do better though. That's, yeah, it's, it it's the artist's conundrum. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Where you're constantly striving for that perfect image. Yeah. Knowing that you won't, you won't get there, but yeah. it never stops you from trying exactly to get right. there. Like, yeah. And you keep practicing. Yeah. You keep because if you do draw that holy grail picture of yours, if with, you do draw yeah. your Mona Lisa, with, what's with, the point anymore? Yeah, like, exactly. as soon yeah. as I do that, it's yeah. like, that's it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's why it's like, once you create that perfect image where to from there yeah exactly so like you might as well just pack it up and yeah. not draw anymore and, yeah um and it's i guess it's a bit of a masochistic <laughs> tendencies as an artist where you're just constantly torturing yourself trying yeah. to be better and stuff but you know that's how it is and um yeah it's a, just yeah they're, they're grinding and the effort it's always about little self-improvements each piece is just another piece of your self-improvement yeah you know because you're constantly going identifying and Again, another tip for aspiring artists is finish your shit because you learn so much by finishing stuff that you're able to grow from that because I see so many young artists who have half-finished shit and they're like, oh, I'm stuck. You know, I I don't progress. It's like, because you're not completing it. They're stuck in that that, that creative purgatory where, or like that Schrodinger's cat where it's like, it could be perfect 
but I don't want to ruin it. Like, that's, what it you know, that's what it is. That's what it is. And, so, and, so they, and once they finish it, you learn so much and you grow so much as an artist because then you can look at what you've completed and go. It doesn't matter if it's bad as well. Yeah. It's like just finish it. Yeah, yeah. just finish like, it. Yeah. I've seen so many people, like you said, they get to that point. It's like it looks amazing, but if I draw one more line, yeah. it's going to destroy it. I'm like, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Just finish your piece and put it to the side because trust me, next year you're not even going to look at that piece. Yeah. You don't care about it. Kill your babies, yeah, yeah. You know, as they say. Like, like just keep keep going. Like keep going. Yeah. Like me, I, I keep telling people, and people think I'm lying. I have a folder on my computer of stuff I created from 2007. Those folders contain around 30 to 40 thousand works. That's how much yeah. pieces I've done since then. Like I kept making shit. Yeah. Sure, they started off crap and stuff, but it's like, Practice. and now this year I've only made like. 15 pieces like 8 pieces 10 yeah. pieces completed but those 15 18 pieces wouldn't be as good as they were without the 30 to 40,000 exactly. exactly. shit ones that these, you did right these, piece, these pieces now take way longer yeah. way more detailed and I see all the errors yeah. I see the errors everywhere because of the past stuff yeah. I can see where the lighting issues I can watch, I can see where something doesn't work and I know how to bounce lighting way better now than yeah. i knew how to bounce lighting all those years ago yeah. and yeah. that's what the practice is for and yeah. there's people like there's stuff that i like i'll be ashamed to show them because like i'm yeah. embarrassed of them but it's not it's not, it's not embarrassed to show them but it's like i'm embarrassed of them where because you came from yeah like my lighting and stuff just, just didn't make sense but you need that those efforts yeah. to get to this point and i like what you said that they need to finish yeah. and it's like because that's the case. You, you, I'll ask many people in the chat, in the comments, how many files do you have that are just unfinished? Yeah. And people will say plenty yeah. because they're too scared to finish it or it's not good enough to post online. Yeah. And people online will be very cruel if they see it. This is the predicament that we're in now. Yeah. So that, yeah, that's definitely what, you know, because I, I can draw fairly quick. Yeah. And then people are like, man, you draw so fast. Because, yeah, what took me two minutes here wouldn't be as quick if it wasn't for the 20 years i've been yeah. doing this like yeah. it's it's yeah you know it's that muscle memory the 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 habits you build yeah through you know discipline and practice and grinding mm. right on the skill that you have on the the passions you have yeah. and i'm very much fueled by passion people are like comics wrestling video games like how do you do it and it's like, yeah. i was like i love this shit i might as well give it a go yeah, yeah. like what's the best that can happen Right, and then I end up being pretty good at all of them. Exactly. But you know, it was just, it was just, I just did it because yeah. I'm being so fueled by passion. I was like, I owe it to myself to try and do the shit I love, and see where it goes. And part of me knowing that it may not work out, that's just a a, a, a possible, you know, uh, result yeah. of doing something. But they seem to have worked out. Worked out, and so like you know, now I'm just like cool. Then the whole risk assessment yeah. thing. It's like cool. I did all the shit. It works out. Let's keep going. Let's keep going. See you what know? else we could do. These are just bonus yeah. points now. Yeah, yeah. And then, and <laughs> side like, quests. Yeah. yeah, like pro wrestling, right? Like you know, uh, we call it taking bumps. Yeah. Right, and you take your bump and you get back up. Yeah. You know, like it's what we call bump and feed. You bump, get back up. Bump, get back up. Like you'll you'll always be taking bumps yeah. through this journey that you you find yourself on. But you you know, what's important is you keep getting up. You know, Rocky, like speaking about Philly cheesesteaks, right? Yeah. Rocky, you know, it's not about how many times you get uh, yeah. knocked down. It's about how many times you get back yeah. up, right? Yeah. So, you know. It's and, this, and that's a cool thing. It's like if you've, like if 
people here watching, if you go look at your, like some of your favorite celebrities, not all of them obviously, but some of your best success stories, they all started off like this. Yeah. They all had an effed up the start. They didn't have it well. They didn't, they were failing. They wanted to quit. But the main key with all of them is the persistence. Yeah. And the main key with all of them is like the repetition and not giving up. And I, it's like, I know it's a, again, bread and butter side story, like not giving up, but that's literally all it takes. It's like yeah. that risk you take is like, sure, it's the word risk sounds scary, but it's like, it's necessary because without the denials and, you know, the rejections and stuff, sure, I'm not good enough yeah. now, but I'll yeah. get there. That's the point. That's what we're trying to get. Yeah. And that's what a lot of people, they want that they want that within a year they want that within two years they want it because this world is so fast paced now it's like oh how can i be successful in 12 months it's like yeah god willing you can yeah. and I, I wish you can and i hope it works out for you, you but gotta put in the work. don't put that timing don't put don't give you like we as artists hate deadlines why the yeah. f <laughs> we're putting deadlines on our like our success it's like why why get a deadline just fucking work it yeah 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 it's like um because I, I'm a fairly, fairly lackadaisical guy, so I just roll with the punches, mm. just ride the wave. Like I don't put too much stock in future plans mm. because I like to live in the moment. Yeah, and that allows me because, like, I know that for a lot of artists, again, they build anxiety through creating possible possible outcomes. Yeah, for what they're doing, so they're like, if I do this, this will happen. Yeah, and then when that doesn't happen, they're like, no, that's not what we planned. I'm just like, nah, I'm just living the moment. Let's yeah. just see where this goes. Like, very much like the Disney thing. Yeah. I'm just like, okay, let's see what happens. And they're like, How, what do you reckon? I'm like, yeah, cool. Let's, 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 I'm like, let's ride this wave. Yeah. Um, and, and, and then just take it as it comes. And so. Because you, you had a plan A. That was your yeah. plan A. But these people that you're talking about literally have plan A, B, C, D, yeah. E, yeah, F, yeah. G. It's like, they have an outcome for everything. Yeah. And yeah. then when something doesn't work out, it's like they literally change careers completely yeah but yeah and the thing is like my plan a isn't like this massive kind of map it's like plan a is like here and yeah. then once something happens here then i can plan off that yeah. rather than yeah. yeah so it's not like creating this future plan of, it's like of, literally it's like a video game stage yeah. stages you're going you're you going to next level yes yeah that's basically what it is yeah and like it's funny when it comes to like my personal mantra for success is do the work and don't be a dick mm. that's it that's, that's all you need. That's a perfect thing, man. Do you, <laughs> yeah. know, you know how many dicks there are in this world? Exactly. I was like, <laughs> how, d how many motherfuckers don't even take their second part into consideration? And yeah. you're like, you just do the work and treat people well. That's all you need and that's, to, that's, to be like, successful. That, that is, so important. That is so, impo yeah. so important, treating people well. It's like, I try my best to be humble and be nice yeah. to everyone else. Because I want them to be like that to me. Yeah. And if I'm new in the industry and even if I'm old in the industry, I just want to be like, I just want to be friends, like be good to yeah. people. And you come to the realization that that's not, not a case, thing. Yeah. yeah. It's like, it's, it's, it's the minority that's nice to you. Yeah. And not wanting to like, I'm pretty sure you ran into a whole bunch of people that are like, just like you because yeah. they can get somewhere. You're a foundation. Yeah. You're a leverage. And I've been through that through my whole career, man. It's like, I'm, I'm often used as stairs. I'm often used as like to get to the next level or anything or get through a door. Yeah. And you realize that a lot with people. And 
I'm not blaming LA, but a majority of it was in LA. Yeah. But it's like, it makes you kind of like, it brings back that, what's called that, that doubt in yourself, that imposter syndrome. It's like, am I good? Or am I just like, you know, am I just popular enough to get into these rooms? It's like, and that's why last year I took a step back and focused on me. And I want to be like me. Yeah. And when I come across people on, online and like they're struggling or anything, legitimately talk to them. Yeah. Legitimately not be a dick. Yeah. But it's like, I just don't understand like this mentality that people have, some of them, the ones you're talking about. It's like, how did we get here? Like, how, how are you this? Yeah. It, that, that's what doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. I think, <laughs> I think it's a, maybe a cultural thing because like, yeah. I, you know, we are very family oriented. Yeah. Like we yeah. have a, like a village, right? Yeah. And when you grow up in like that kind of tribal culture, you know you're not in it alone. Yeah. You know you 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 help bring everyone else up. You you know you yeah. know that it takes a lot of you to get stuff done. Yeah. And that's how I operate. And so like that's where the whole "don't be a dick" thing comes from. Because even like in pro wrestling, you have a whole bunch of people who volunteer their time and never step in that ring. And you have a bunch of people who step in that ring and think they're the shit because they get all the adulation and all the yeah. crowding. And I try to make a point of it to thank the people who are at the concession yeah. stand, who yeah. do the AV, the referees and stuff, yeah. because yeah. I understand that without them, yeah, it doesn't the wrestlers work. don't work. get yeah. their, their time under the spotlight. Yeah, of course, yeah. But a lot of the wrestlers would just kind of ignore them and think that they're better than them. It's like, dude, yeah. don't be a dick, you know, and... It's it's really crazy to to think like even at Supernova um, this past weekend I made sure to go out and thank the volunteers that helped me through the weekend because uh-huh. again it's like without those volunteers without those helpers like the show would be an absolute yeah, chaos true. kind of thing you know? yeah and, and and you know it may not be a lot but it's like the least you can do is acknowledge yeah of course yeah people's that's, help that's literally my mentality with like movies as well yeah. like movie like when I see people do movie reviews like a lot of people are asking me why don't I like, why are my, all my movie reviews good movies that you like? Yeah. I, I just I just say they're good movies that I watch. I never post about a bad movie. Like, even if, if, if there's a movie that's bad and I don't like it, people want me to just shit on it. Yeah. Like, like, slaughter it. It's like, why this, why that, why that? As an artist, I think of the VFX artists. I think of the, the mic holders. I think of, you know, the crew... Everyone that worked on that movie, there's hundreds, even thousands of people working on those movies. And everyone that's, you know, especially because of my following, if I give a bad review in that, yeah. I'm shitting on all these people's works and everything they did. And I'm like, I, I'm, a, I'm pretty sure the studio is already giving them a headache and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. This is why I don't want to be a dick to that. It's like, fine, the movie got a bad review, fine, let it go. Yeah. But the fact that everyone seeks that, ignorance and, yeah. and negativity Except. on something that dick move that's something still i don't understand and yeah. when they apply it even off off a movie and you know to people like supernova staff or you know staff at a place and it's like you don't yeah. look at them because hey i'm the popular one i'm the talent yeah it's like i i hate that mentality yeah, yeah. it's like and the one of the things that annoys me as well as um you know people at food courts who just leave a massive mess yeah. And like in this, oh, it's not my job to clean up. Yeah, I was like, but a decent person will at least help make it easy a little bit easier yeah. for these these we, people. We, we can I never do it. Every time yeah. we we go to a place, yeah. we we 
take off so yeah it was like yeah. you, you like if there's no like rubbish around yeah. in the way that it comes to pick it up you make you like organize it yeah, so it's easier for them to, to carry yeah. and and stuff like it's it's just yeah it's just so weird when you look and people just kind of leave this massive mess and just get up and walk and like yeah come on guys it's i was gonna say it's so funny that you mentioned that because that was our experience especially in the states like, oh, yeah. I, I would clean up after my mess yeah and everyone my, my friends are like, what are you doing what are you doing you're embarrassing Why are you us cleaning I'm like, i don't care if they're getting paid for it yeah. it's, it's like common decency yeah. 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 be kind that person could be gone for a rough day everyone leaves their mess for them you could the least you can do is clean up yeah 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 exactly and, and, and i always feel bad like i used to work in hospitality i used to work yeah. in burger king and i used to work in HM. <laughs> i used to work in burger king too <laughs> so, so, <laughs> so you, you know exactly how shitty people can yeah, be yeah, so like, you, you don't want to be the shitty person right it's so. like that, that's what i think i think everyone in the world needs to work hospitality yeah. because then you understand what they go through because when you go to a restaurant and eat at a like a, a fast food restaurant and you treat the person like shit know what they're going through they have to deal with this shit every yeah. day yeah. and it's like i've seen people like with me i've even got this guy is like like at burger king he he wanted 98 pickles <laughs> for some for some friggin reason he wanted 98 pickles I, I don't think it was right anyway um we made the 98 pickles and it was like 97 pickles and he literally came to the counter and threw it at the back and everyone had to what well, we had to clean it up because because <sighs> We got one pickle wrong. It's like, I don't know why you, how, how do you feel it's acceptable to treat, you know, a hospitality worker? And everyone knows that rule. You never mess with hospitality workers because yeah. they're the ones that are handling your food. Yeah. So what you're eating, you're going to eat like yeah, I know. something not edible. Saliva. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it's, it's disrespectful, honestly. But yeah, they're hard workers but we, too, man. I used to help out with, it used to be called HMS Host in the airport. Oh, okay. So Burger King used to have something called HMS Host, which was the food court. So sometimes I would help the food court and you're picking up the food off the table and it's like, because it's, cause it's an airport, yeah. it's got people from America and all that sort of stuff, you can kind of tell who's on which table because yeah. there's certain tables that it's like they literally have sauce on the table. like yeah. It was like splattered yeah. or yeah. some shit. And it's like, you couldn't even like just wipe that up a bit, you know, just help us out a little. There's people that have like their drinks spilled on the on the thing and yeah, they just left. Disrespectful, yeah. man. And it's like it, that, that's what we're saying. Like you saying, you know, clean up the table. That's what we do. It's like we're, it's it's the the little things. Yeah, it's, it doesn't take much effort, yeah. especially if you like if you created a mess and mess. Yeah. The least you can do is like tidy it up a bit. Yeah. And, you know, like you can't just like it's like movie theaters as well like when you see people just like oh yeah leave what, their pop- what the yeah. hell do they do do they have like a like a popcorn confetti like yeah, yeah. party or something S- some people i don't even know how like how did you get that mess yeah I mean, how yeah. did you do it and i'm and i just like oh man i feel sorry for these theater workers because yeah, like right, yeah. they that's yeah, it's it's an interesting time in an interesting world where People don't think, you know, like, just, just people recently, need to work just, into that field, honestly, to understand. Yeah, they that. have to work in that field. Because just they, recently, we yeah. were at the cinema. Yeah. And we were, like, waiting for the end credit because there was after credit. Yeah. And we cleaned up our, our drink and popcorn. And we, as we were walking out, we just said thank you to the... There was a girl yeah. waiting there to clean up. We said thank you, and she was, like, star, like struck, as yeah. in, like, oh, shit, no one ever thanks me. It's like... Yeah, how no, bad yeah. do you feel that like yeah. saying thank you to someone is like a, a thing that doesn't happen yeah, yeah it's yeah. weird because yeah, same with me like if I'm in the theatre and I'm staying for the credits and then the workers kind of waiting yeah, for start. us to yeah. leave to clean up yeah. I'll put my stuff in the rubbish and, oh thank you have a good night kind of thing and just you know, yeah. it's yeah. just like 
again, common courtesy, right? Yeah. It's it's sad. It's sad that the little things in life are, are like looked over, are like yeah. not even. And then now, nowadays, when you see like good behavior, it's all recorded for like social media. Yeah, like, yeah, look yeah, at exactly, me helping yeah. this homeless person. Oh, this homeless person! Yeah. I'm gonna it's give like, him. I'm gonna give him a sandwich. Yeah, cool. You shouldn't be right. like. I mean, it's a nice to do. I'm not taken away from it. Yeah, it's a good deed. Yeah, but but if you're not doing it for that person, it's like, and you're doing it for socials. I find I I, I personally yeah, I find, find I find that hard. Yeah, yeah. It's only like thing, it should chasing. be only for fundraising or something like that charity. Then that's when it'd if, be like if, okay if they're like that's fine. if they're doing it to um you know kind of like shine a light to yeah. someone else to help this person or to help these people. Yeah. Yes, tell them the address where to find these people, like where to. You yeah, know. yeah, yeah, yeah. So go that, find me. That's that's how you help. It's yeah. like, but to like get a sandwich, it's like I, 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 you know, I did this because yeah. I'm humble. I'm it's humble. Like, yeah, that's me. I'm that's a, the I'm middle a, least humble people. I'm a good guy. I'm a yeah. good Give guy. me clout. Yeah. Give me clout. I was gonna say because I, I think uh, recently I watched a video about uh, this topic and it kind of changed my mindset of it. Is it not better off that people are doing that? Because at least they are helping that person. And at least one person watching, it could motivate them to no, go no, help. No, no, no. That's, yeah. that's, that's what I like about yeah. it. That's what I've always said, that it's a good thing they are doing it. The video is yeah. a but good the thing. thing. But the, the person but, but, behind but he, it but here's the thing. isn't. Here's the thing. Would that person keep doing it if he didn't get reach? Like imagine he did it 12 yeah. times and he didn't get reach those 12 times. He'll stop. What, would he do it anymore? He wouldn't stop. He would probably not. But exactly. I'm just. But I'm saying like, uh, I understand that point. But at the very least, even though he is doing, it, even if it's the wrong reasons, that person receiving the help. Yeah. It's a good deed at the end of the day. The video it's, itself yeah, yeah, is but, a good deed. But, 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 yeah. but I also heard the different good. side of that subject. Um, yeah. Someone said, "Are you exploiting the homeless person for clout, though? Like, sure, you're giving him a sandwich. Sure, you're giving him money. But it's like." It's him being that that's getting you views. And how do we know that's not staged as well? They could well, be staged. We're talking about in terms of it's assuming it's not staged. Yeah. Assuming, yeah, it's, assuming not staged. it's not okay. staged. Like, yeah, I think a lot of people do exploit the homeless these days, and it's really sad to see. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I, I guess my mindset like I did is see at least one someone's getting I, that. I did see one where I think it's staged, but he bought the dude a house. Like the yeah. homeless person, he he got him a place to stay. It was not not the best house, but it's still a, house, a yeah. roof on top of yeah, it. Yeah. Now, if that was real, that's dope because that is actually changing someone's life yeah. and stuff. But yeah, it's a weird, it's a weird, it's a, it's a weird, topic. it's a weird thing to have. But it's like, um, the virtual signaling like yeah. thing nowadays, the social experiments. I think a lot of them are getting out of hand. Yeah, like so it's just it's just the craziest thing. Like there's. There's a recent one where it's it's okay, but it's like a guy was like had a fear of escalators. Yeah, and it's like his social experiment to see what humans will do if if he's scared. One guy helped him down, and one guy held him up, and so I understand that. But it's kind of like, what about that person? It's like, like that's helping you. Like, how are like, they feeling in that moment? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's like yeah. you're, you're putting people. It's like I know you're trying to They're prove humanity is attack. good and uh-huh. stuff, but it's like. Not everyone wants to be on a social experiment yeah. or be a social experiment. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think intention's a big thing. Yeah. The motivation behind what they're yeah. doing is a and big And you never thing. know what it is. Like yeah. anyone can say whatever, but it's like and this is why it's a touchy subject, because sure it's like you, you can see where the the right stuff is and the bad stuff is in all situations. But it's like you're not you're not here to say that they're doing bad stuff. 
because it obviously it's good you're helping out a homeless person you're helping out a person in need but it being a social experiment it's like it's like the main objective for it is like literally views and clicks and isn't that what a social experiment is that that and that's what you're saying it's the intent yeah what what it's for yeah like uh, for me like social media you know people on social media who follow me on social media only know what i want them to know Mm. you know my i keep my private life fairly private and i barely post artwork on it because i don't need to post art for likes and clout and stuff like i get paid for this shit right yeah so like my i'm not trying to get likes and so i'll barely post artwork yeah. Unless it's, and a lot of times the artwork I am working on, I can't even share anyway. So yeah, oh, um, the NDAs. Yeah, yeah. Um, so like, yeah. So as, as, as a lot of times, I just kind of use my platform on social media to bring to light social issues that mean a lot to me. Yeah, it, you know, all those kind of things, like you know, causes I believe in, uh, and that seems to go well as well. But yeah, like I don't need to post artwork, you know, because I clout isn't what I, I'm there yeah. for. Um, so yeah, so it's interesting because I yeah I, again, social media has made and the internet has made it so much easier for your artwork to be seen by so many people, but then at the same time everyone else is doing it. Yeah. So like it's just a whole bunch of noise and then yeah. everyone's trying to climb above each other in the algorithm, yeah, you know, and try and get more reach. It shouldn't be like that. It's not. Well, it shouldn't right, be competitive. Right now AI is like besting all of us. So yeah, it doesn't know, really yeah. matter. True. It's like you, you can post your artwork up. It's like. AI is just like the one that's trending. Yeah, yeah. and so it's, it's it's just an interesting point of view because I grew up, um, you know, I'm old enough that I grew up analog, and then digital kind of came in as I got in the, um, as I finished high school and stuff, and so I get the best of both worlds. Mm. And now, like, we got generations of people who just grew up digital, and it's like a totally different, you know, landscape yeah. of like how they navigate the world. Yeah. and how much digital informs their world and that's where you get like the cyberbullying and stuff because for them the digital is their world yeah and with the digital like you can't turn it off yeah you know uh, you know being analog is like bullying stopped in the schoolyard yeah now these bullies can get you in your home through your devices yeah. through the internet and and so their lives are entirely digital and they just can't seem to escape it. And it just is creating... It'll be interesting to see how the world is in another 10, 20 years. What the, like, <laughs> you know, just, just to I see. mentioned AI before. They're the ones going to be bullying us. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. AI, AI, AI Twitter is going to be like the ones bullying us. Yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> the kind of world that the, the digital skate, the landscape has, has kind of will be creating. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, it's it's... It's really interesting, you know, and and that's why I kind of look at the social media stuff with a bit of caution too, because mm. like again, like, it's a scary place sometimes as well. Yeah, you know, keep you things private. Like yeah. think, keep things that matter the most to you private because yeah. people yeah. don't need to know your business. <laughs> True. Say that yeah. to the internet. They put everything on the internet. Yeah, everything. Yeah. Um, you were speaking about the you live in the now. Yeah. Like you're the type of person that lives in the now, but that kind of hinders my question of like. Where do you, where do you want to be, like in, in the future? What what do you want? Is there is there a milestone or I know you've re- yeah. set, like you've got to your goals and you elevated your goals, but is there something that you've always wanted to do that you haven't touched upon yet? Yeah, so like an, obviously you know there, there are uh, you know accomplishments I'd like to uh, check off the list. Um, I'd love to be able to do a comic story for Marvel or mm. DC. You know, just one of the big two. Mm. 
Um, and I don't know, maybe sometime in the future, um, I've always kind of mused about the fact that maybe I could create a, an art studio for uh, Tangata Moana, Pacific Illustrators, to kind of have a space to work in. Because as I said, like you Google Samoan comic artists, it's just me. And there's not a hell of a lot of Pacific illustrators working at that professional level that, that yeah. I am. And so it's like, okay, maybe my role in, is like, and my responsibility as an artist who's kind of in the space often by myself is to foster and create an environment for young brown artists yeah. to be able to create and be in that and level up and stuff. So that would be awesome. Yeah. You being the beacon. Like that, that yeah. they need, yeah. Um, and it's funny too because I often tell people, like, when I took this journey of becoming an artist, a professional artist, you know, I didn't have anyone to look up to, to like follow, yeah, right? Be like, ah, oh, that's what they did. I can kind of do it that way. And through just doing what I do, I realized I ended up with the responsibility of being that person for others, yeah. And it wasn't something I signed up for, yeah. But now that I realized that's where I'm at, yeah, like, I, I, I often again community is huge for me i understand that that's my responsibility and i need to kind of represent and help uphold um young brown artists coming up to let them know it's possible and that's why i do a lot of schools i've done like yeah I've, I've so you, you had pictures with the school yeah, kids also um, i've present i've I talked to you like about over thirty thousand kids all around the Oof. country in new zealand and pretty much when i get back home i'm like that weekend i'm at the bottom of the South Island in Invercargill talking to kids, doing workshops of kids. Then I'm flying from Invercargill to Wellington and doing a whole week of school visits. Because for me, again, community is huge. And they're and life-changing. Those you guys, you guys yeah. a lot of, like a lot of Samoan people that I know yeah. are like community and family is yeah. like huge. And I, I love to see it because that's, that's what we're all about. Yeah. Sadly, we don't have it as much here. Yeah, I know, yeah. But yeah. it's like, in Syria, we do have it. But it's like in Australia, the community here, it's like, it's good, but it's like, I wish it was like at the yeah. standard of you yeah. guys. Like you don't let one person fall. Yeah. You, you pick them up, you help them out. And I love that. And I love seeing that. And it needs to be more prominent. Yeah. yeah. So I share my story with the kids and it's very much you know, like they don't need to do what I do. But those kids who have the weird, wonderful, different dreams yeah. that people are like, that's not, you know, that's not normal. It's like I, I'm showing them that it is possible. Mm. Yeah. Because like a Samoan comic book artist, professional wrestler, gamer, you know, animation, story artist kind of thing, like, Samoan one, like, a lot of people are like, is that a thing? Yeah. yeah. And I just made it a thing. And so I want to show the kids what's possible, that the impossible dream is possible. Yeah. Um. And so, yeah, that's why I do all of that stuff because, yeah, for me, it's like, what's the point of being successful if you can't help other people? people? You want to yeah. bring you know? them up with you, yeah. Yeah, you know, if you can't help your community, then yeah. what's the point? Yeah. And then that's when the, the individualism comes in, which is a very Balangi, white, capitalist kind of notion of like me, myself, and I. Yeah. And like being with you guys and being in the space, I understand you guys are very kind of family-oriented. Yeah, Again, we, the cultural thing where yeah. we grow up with you know, intergenerational households. Yeah. You know? My grandparents looked after me as a kid kind of thing. And like, and, and like you know, cousins on cousins. And yeah, like, yeah, you know, yeah. Why the family's like, we're a, we're a massive unit yeah, you know, exactly. rather than existing in the bubble. And so for me, it's like, okay, I know I exist in the bubble in this industry, but I don't exist in the bubble in my community. Yeah, of course. So, 
that's why that's why I do that stuff. That's all, that's awesome. From an outside perspective, I think you and Kurt are very alike in that whole um, mindset of where you're wanting to bring people up with you. Yeah. And you feel like that's a responsibility that you've taken on. But from an outsider perspective, I was kind of curious, is it, does that pressure ever get to you at all? Or is it all love? Like, do you or does it ever get a bit heavy where you're like, if I don't keep helping people, um, I guess it's like you're failing at thing. Like that do you ever feel like it, you're failing it? your community if you if you don't? And that if, goes to you, Kurt, as well, because you guys are both very alike yeah. in that. Um, I don't. I don't feel like. I don't feel like I fail in that respect. I just yeah, because I'm just always doing something, mm. and 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 I and people also understand that I'm also busy, so I can't yeah. do everything. Yeah. yeah, of course. And I don't try to do everything. But if there's something I can do within my power, and like, even recently, I've been doing stuff just dropping in, and helping community. So I'll be see like seeing in uh, in Auckland like some amazing Pacific creatives doing some cool stuff, amazing kopapa as they say in uh, in Maori. Um, and I'll just be like, cool, I'm just gonna drop in and check it out. And then they were like, oh, hey, thanks for coming along. I'm yeah. like, yeah, you guys are doing cool stuff. And just me showing up, like, I, I'm supporting your stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And then sometimes they would be drawing, and I'd be like, oh, okay, I'll sit down and draw with you guys. And then there'd be some little kids around, and be like, hey, kids, what, who's your favorite character? They're like, ah, oh, Venom. Okay, cool. So I draw them Venom, give it to them. And, like, I don't get paid for that. And I was like, I don't need to get paid for that. Like, literally, the, the Thursday before I flew out to Melbourne, I did a free comic workshop yeah. just because it was community. You know, I was like, I will. I will always find a way to do community. Yeah. I won't be able to do everything, but I I know that I do it myself. So the fact that you're awesome. you're there, yeah. it's, it's like even with my answer, it's being there in yeah. that moment. So if someone needs help and you can help, you yeah. help. If there's someone that needs advice and you can give advice, yes. you, you do it. And that's why I won't feel bad and ever feel like I've failed someone unless I've legit, turn my back on that person and, and I can help him and I didn't that's yeah. when I'll yeah. do it and yeah. I don't think I'll ever do that yeah yeah no yeah there's yeah I don't feel any kind of pressure on that respect but yeah as yeah. you said code no very much if you can help help yeah. you know and and often there are times I can't because mm. I just don't have the time or the capacity at yes. the time. Yeah. but uh, I don't go oh no I can't do I, it it's I like, still point them in the right just, direction yeah, just I'll, I'll, I'll even, yeah. I'll even if they needed help like with a certain thing and I know a certain someone I would put them in touch with each yeah, other. Exactly. exactly. I yeah. always do that. I would never leave. It's like I'm sorry. I can't do anything. I can't. I can't do that. I feel, I feel bad doing that. Yeah. 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 So no. Yeah. Um. Yeah. You just do what you can. Yeah. No. You just do the best you can. That's that's all that you can hope for. And you know, if that's all that's what you do, you shouldn't feel like you're a failure. Mm, of course. You know, that's cool that you do workshop and you give out free images. Like I know a lot of artists that would not give out free of sketches. Course, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because like, their sketches are their currency. Because yeah. um, a few years ago, I took part in the uh, Secret Walls. Yeah. Do you, do you know Secret Walls? Where yeah, it's like Secret the, Walls. Yeah. So they they did one in Aotearoa, and uh, I took part in it because like I was like, this looks like fun. This isn't what I do. Yeah. I'm not a muralist. I don't spray or anything. This looks like a fun challenge. So I signed up, and and I was kind of like the unknown guy because all the other um, guys that had uh, signed up were like. Graph artists, yep. well-known graph artists. So here's this dude who no one had heard of in their circles from comics. I made it to the grand final, but the, but the first uh, the first uh, battle I had, my uh, my opponent was drawing, and I finished my work in like forty five minutes, 
instead of the full 90. Yeah. But because I was so used to like my comic work, I also understood there's no point overdrawing because if you overdraw, you ruin it. Yeah. So for the next 45 minutes, I ended up grabbing pieces of paper and doing sketches for the crowd. <laughs> and they were cracking up. Like, well, my opponent's like still working. I'm like, hey, who, uh, who do you want me to draw? Okay, Batman, cool. Bam, bam, bang. Here's Batman. Oh, what job? <laughs> and like... Uh, but also using my pro wrestling experience yeah. to kind of work the crowd, work the crowd yeah. yeah. And so that's so why I smashed them in that um, in that thing. But it was like that stuff was just fun. Like that's I enjoy awesome. kind of just, especially for the little kids. Yeah, you know, I'd just be like, hey, you know, here's, hey, you, yeah. you, know, you like drawing? Cause oh, cool. And just also showing those kids who like drawing, like where they can find themselves. Yeah. You know, and, it's crazy um, how all all those things you do intertwine in different fields as well. Yeah, it's like that's the, how it, like you know, like entertaining the crowd with the wrestling, yep. um, playing the games that inspires you to wrestle. The the creativity inspires you to do like yep. be your unique own character in Tekken. It's just it's cool how they all merge in one way or another. It's, it's funny too because they all have their their unique elements. Yeah, exactly. That can work in different arenas and with the working of the crowd because I noticed through some of those secret walls, people just made they were just drawing. Yeah. And then the crowd, I was like, crowd is sitting there for 90 minutes just watching people draw. Yeah. Like that gets real boring yeah. real quick if you don't perk up the, exactly. the, the yeah, crowd. Yeah, yeah. And as a pro wrestler, I was like, you got to work the crowd. You got to give them spikes of energy so they can last the entire time. Yeah. And so that's how I did it. But in saying that, again, and some more advice I give to creatives is like if the, people want to draw comics, I tell them, don't look to comics for inspiration. Use other forms of media. I watch tons of TV, tele, you know, film, you know, cartoons, uh, video games and stuff. Like I'm taking in all these different visual mediums which help inform my comics. Mm. Because if you look at uh, a medium for that medium's um, inspiration, you end up cannibalizing it. And so what you're doing is what's been done before. Yeah. You've got to look outside your yeah. chosen medium for inspiration and you'll find that you're able to bring elements of like pro wrestling into comics that like really changes what you can do in that art form yeah. and like, you know, bring parts of video games and, and stuff like that. Like when I was working Disney, the story artist, I was throwing in so much stuff I had kind of been inspired by. Yeah. Like I threw in a Wayne's World, like a Wayne's World gag and because I was like, this feels like a Wayne's World gag would fit yeah. in. And like all kinds of crazy stuff like from video games i even threw in like a last of us kind of thing and um i did i did a lot like um people when they ask me for yeah. what inspires me it's never what you think it is so yeah. like music i like li literally like going out uh, photography inspires me a lot yeah in my field like stuff that's like movies watching movies random movies that's what inspires me like that it's like people think it's like you have to be you have to be in art, yeah. diving into artworks and, you know, looking at the Renaissance stuff yeah. and all that sort of stuff. No. <laughs> no, yeah. So, like, yeah. for me, like, I've realized, you know, even though I like to say, I, like, I always say, I'm a comic artist because that's what I, I dreamt about as a kid. Yeah. That was like, that was my dream job. I'm a comic artist. I love to call myself a comic artist, but I've realized through all the things I do, I'm more of a storyteller. Mm -hmm. I just use different mediums to tell a story. And so for me, I'm always seeking stories, stories through music through books, through television, and again, all of these media, and it's like, and once you get a better command of story in all of its forms, you're able to manipulate it for the, your chosen form and really create something unique and yeah. different. And people are like, man, we never heard or seen like that approach that way. And it's because, yeah, because we didn't look at what was done before. Yeah. We looked at outside yeah. to bring in those elements. I mean, it's the stuff that inspired us that became artists. Like, look yeah. what inspired us. 
we got inspired by a whole bunch of things to become yeah. an artist. Yeah. It wasn't artists that inspired us to become artists. Yeah, and yeah. It's, it's funny too because like, you know, the influencer term, you know, obviously has been kind of uh, corrupted with social media. And so I always tell people, I'm not an influence, I'm an inspiration. Yeah. I'd rather inspire people to do their own thing. Yeah. And I find as an artist, inspiration is everywhere. And inspiration for an artist is like a mosaic where you've got all of these little pieces of inspiration that when you step back have created something entirely unique. Yeah. So like we may have the same inspirations, but the way it's put together is unique. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so it's a very much like a mosaic art piece where all those ins- inspirations create good something way. uniquely good yours. Way. Good, good way, way of put putting it. it yeah. 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 With the like, you've touched based on it before, like inspiring younger artists and artists that want to join in. Is there like, yeah, you gave so much advice in this episode anyway, but what's like one key advice you wish you knew before? Like, before jumping into this yeah so like you know obviously i've i've had a it's funny too because i do go sometimes into what some some other younger artists like to call sage mode mm. uh where I, I just spout off all these wisdoms and stuff so i've already done you no know, do the work don't be a dick i've already done finish your shit you know or i've already done what's the best that could happen another one is all the best shit is just beyond your comfort zone You've got to constantly be pushing your limits to get beyond where you are and understanding that just everything is just beyond your reach and you just got to keep crawling towards it um, is is where you you understand that the pain is worth it. You know, that that be comfortable with being uncomfortable. Yeah. You know, if if I'm too comfortable, it doesn't feel right. That's exactly it. You know, it's yeah. just like, it's like you've, I've always got to be pushing. I've always yeah. got to be pushing the limits because I, I feel like I'm I mean, that's why it feels good when you succeed. I yeah. mean, when you get there because it's a relief. Yeah. You're tired. It's like it's tiring to get to that point. And that's why you feel like euphoric yeah. when, you, when, you, when you get there. And it's what you said. It's like it's just out of your reach. It's just we have to get there. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah just, so, yeah. So it's a, it's, a good, it's a good way to put it. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah. I guess I've all my greatest hits mm. of Sage Mode have been already hit. Uh, but that's the <laughs> thing, man. You got, you got you got many more things to come. I'm um, pretty sure you still have albums in the work. <laughs> that's like you got yeah, you got your greatest hits, but maybe, you got albums yeah, still coming. Yeah. You have maybe, to do uh, that comic. You have to do. Uh, that. Yeah, maybe maybe I'll start my own podcast. Yeah. But yeah, why not? Why not? Why not, man? Um, honestly, why not? You're yeah. way better speaker than us, man. It's yeah, like know, honestly, honestly, <laughs> honestly, man. Yeah, it's funny too because like yeah, I do talk too much, and I was like, no, you talk good. You're yeah, good, you're good, good, good. As in, like, we're the wrestling crowd, and you're like <laughs> legit, legit. It's good. I'm like, a storyteller. You got us. You got I'm a storyteller. You got us locked in. Yeah, but no. Again, like, I really appreciate you guys. You know, giving me the time to, Honestly, to chat with you, you and, yeah. and share my story. And you know, I guess um, be your first Samoan guest and yeah. first guest yeah, from yeah. from New Zealand. I think you're like. Our only someone friend. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like we, yeah. we don't we, like we we have some, but they're not yeah. like in our reach. Yeah. Um, it's like yeah, and the first guest from New Zealand, I guess. Am yeah. I? Yeah. Oh, yeah. unless oh, unless Maria counts because she is Maori and she's from she's, ah, she's a, from Melbourne. Yeah, her, <laughs> she's, she's just she's her voice. Melbourne. Her voice isn't New Zealand. That's for yeah. sure. <laughs> she's she's. I, I, I still think she's Greek, but yeah. <laughs> um, but no, honestly, it's been a pleasure, and you know, I'm I'm so glad that I got to do this with you guys, and especially Kristen, the new spot. Um, yeah. We appreciate yeah. you, man. And yeah. It's like, honestly, we wanna like we'll get your most famous cover, maybe your famous your comic book. We'll get a cover and put it just to stamp 
Yeah, the first Samoan in our place. <laughs> yeah. We get we get one of your artworks and put it in here. Yeah, sweet. Yeah, I can hook you up with something. Yeah. That's awesome. Appreciate yeah. it, man. And the uh, we got to put the uh, the wrestling videos as well of the King moves. We'll yeah, we'll see if I can we'll find that. Yeah, I have to put that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I need to watch that straight away. It's been in my head since you mentioned that. Yeah, I said like, I could christen this table with a powerbomb uh, if you want one. <laughs> I can powerbomb you through this table if you want. Okay. Um, <laughs> once you get the new I, I, table, you can. I, I would pay to see. This. Once, once we get the new table, you can. Let's tell so let's tell the people where they can find you online. Yep. And if they want to, I don't know if they can challenge you in Tekken Eight when it comes out one day. But yeah, just let them know where they find you. Sweet. It was real easy to find me. My name is Mikhail Monipola, but you don't even have to worry about that. You can just Google Bloody Samoan and you'll find me. My website's bloodysamoan.com. My Twitter, my Instagram's Bloody Samoan. My Twitch is Bloody Samoan. My PlayStation, PSN, Steam IDs, Bloody Samoan. Add him on those Steams and stuff and beat his ass and take it. <laughs> Upload it, tag us so we can see it. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm fairly approachable um, just because, again, being in that space on my own, I've made myself as visible as possible so that other brown kids can yeah. kind of see themselves yeah. reflected. And hopefully with this episode, like we can get more people eyes looking in this direction yeah. and hopefully they get inspired yeah. by you, by your path and, you know, see where it goes from there. No, I appreciate that. You, you inspire very. people, you inspire us. It's like, like I'm like, I get motivated just like hearing this stuff. So I'm get I'm more than 100% sure that an artist that's looking to get into this, hearing this, hearing you, how you got, where you got, and all these stories, they'll be inspired to do the same. Honestly, yeah, so many well, different if, things as well. Like so many different random yeah. things. And he's, he's doing good in all of them. That's yeah. good, that's man. Motivate it's, it's, like, it's, it's fun. It's yeah. fun. It even, like, I've, I've pushed my limits, like, a whole bunch of times. But there's stuff still that I don't take the risk in. Yeah. And like literally, this me. talk made me want to risk it. Yeah, and well, what's to lose? I'll Why do not? it. Yeah, yeah no, I, I joked uh, on, on my social medias. I did this um, video where I kind of made myself Thanos and I was collecting childhood dreams like Infinity <laughs> Stones. So it was like Tekken, wrestling, <laughs> comics, animation, film and television. <laughs> and everyone's like, leave some dreams for the rest of yeah. us, bro. <laughs> you got to chase, yeah, chase them, bro. Yeah, you got to chase them. Yeah, you definitely have to chase them. You can't just dream about it. You got to... Yeah. Yeah. You, you gotta, you gotta you, wake up and be like. You gotta, yeah. You can't talk the talk. You gotta you walk the walk. Gotta yes. You gotta dream while you're awake. There you people, go. people That's are it. dreaming while sleeping. This, 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 this the difference. This the difference. <laughs> but not to fast way for toy fellowi. Thank you very much. For Appreciate everything. you, man. Thank you, thank you so much. Yeah. Hopefully, we can have you on another time as well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we will have him. We'd love to have you. I think. I think next time we'll probably have him and Maria because yeah, I would like to see that banter. Yeah, be good banter. Yeah, it'll be a short episode. <laughs> we um, who's getting power bombed? Nah, <laughs> it's not Maria. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Thank peace you, out, guys. Take Good it job. easy, guys.